Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. money Hello, everyone. We are back. First ballot podcast. We are back. It's been a hot minute. It's been Corona time, and we were not enjoying it. And our schedules were uh, really conflicting, but very hectic. But due to Corona, we're finally back together for everyone's entertainment. So this is first ballot. My name is Vinny. I'm Anthony. And we are here to rock your sports world. So I guess let's start out since Corona's old, the world being over is is old. Let's let's talk about old people. Okay. Old people. So huh? we have the year of the the older The year of the elders in sports. There it is. So last year, you know, a bunch of the guys who were who were winning was Guys like Pat Mahomes, guys like Kawhi Leonard, you know, they were winning. They were MVP of their sport. All relatively relatively younger guys, especially Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Relatively younger. And this year already we've had Tom Brady from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no longer the New England Patriots. We've had LeBron James uh, recapture glory over in L.A. And uh, congratulations to Phil Mickelson, who just won the PGA Championship, who is now in the history books as the oldest uh, champion in golf history at 50 years old. So it looks like we're in the year of the elders. Uh, Vin, will it continue? Definitely. And I think definitely in football, I think definitely with Tom Brady. I think as long as Brady's there and Arians and not to mention, like, let's let's keep in fact, all their, they remained all their starters are back. Like, they're all back. Yeah. They no are. one left. No. So it's the same team. The chemistry's there. It's not new guys. It's not they don't have now where it's people that are not in the playoffs and have that playoff experience. Like this is to me, I think Tom Brady has the best shot. Um, followed by I would say Phil Nicholson again in the next PGA. <laughs> then LeBron, because it does not look good for LeBron right now. No, it's not looking great. It does not look good for can't him. ever can't ever count him out though. You you're that's right. You can't ever count him out. And this happened last year with the Blazers, they beat the Lakers game one, and the Lakers came back and won the series. And no, might have been the Ro- was it the Blazers or was it the Rockets? Blazers. Mm, okay. So I think I mean, the Rockets beat them game one too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, either way, <laughs> a lot. Whatever team they played, they lost game one. Um, but I mean, they're still trying to find their stroke back since they were, you know, basically yeah, decimated yeah. by injuries. Anthony but, Davis had a terrible game, but I, but I would still put I would still put LeBron third. After yeah. Brady and, and so you Mickelson. so you do believe it is year of the elders. I do, I really do, because I think Brady can come back. I think uh, LeBron can come back. Uh, I mean, who are some more older guys in sports? I mean, Pujols on the Dodgers. Oh my God, yeah, Pujols <laughs> on the day. He's an older guy. Yeah, he's coming back with a vengeance after the Angels cut him. But well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, even in the NBA, if you're looking at the current favorites to to win the title, I mean, they all have at least one elder guy on it. You got LeBron James. You got Kevin Durant. You got Chris Paul. Um, Chris I mean, Paul. Chris I mean, Paul is a fossil. I yeah. forgot how long he's been in the league for. Yeah, he's been he's been there a while. He's been a journeyman, but he's still he's still chugging along. I you know I never understood with him and being a journeyman. If you look at his stats everywhere he's went in his career, he's doubled if not quadrupled their winning percentages. Yep, their stats, mm-hmm. and he has taken them all to the playoffs. Yep, the to me. The Suns getting him was probably the biggest deal. Everyone said the biggest deal was going to be the Schroeder trade mm-hmm. <clears throat> that happened. 
it was the Chris Paul trade. And it's coming back to bite us all in the ass. Because Schroeder's not doing anything miraculous over in L.A., whereas Chris Paul is literally the Suns. He's established a culture. Yeah, no, Chris Paul has done amazing things for the Sun. Uh, but I, I would put the trade with John Wall and Russell Westbrook up there too. Maybe not at the same level as the Chris Paul one, but it's definitely like a top two trade this offseason, or uh, biggest acquisition this offseason, aside from maybe the James Harden one to Brooklyn. But the Wizards, they weren't shit. And they, they weren't going to do anything with They were John dog Wall. shit, period. Yeah, and then they got Russell Westbrook, and he he helped propel them the second half of the season all the way to the eighth seed of the playoffs. And, I mean, they played the Sixers hard enough. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I guess I can get back behind that, but <clears throat> they're in the East, and they got in with a losing record. I mean, they shouldn't have even been in the playoffs in the first place. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, I would, I would definitely It was a nice bounce back, though, from the terrible first half they had and the COVID situation they had. Yeah, I, I would definitely put them in the top, that, that trade in the top three. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think I think the Harden trade is definitely the number two mm-hmm. just because, um, I mean, without James Harden, I still I still think the Nets are really good, but, I mean, without Harden. Well, he carried he, them through a lot of the regular season. That's, when, that's what I mean. When KD and Kyrie weren't playing, or even if Kyrie was playing, KD wasn't. I mean, Harden was really uh, setting that team up for success. And they still stayed at the number one, number two seed. Whereas Russell Westbrook with Washington, they were fighting for the eighth seed. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, Steve Nash looks like a better coach than whoever the hell is coaching that dog shit team. And, um, you know, they probably have, even if you take Durant and um, the superstar. So Durant and Irving Kyrie and, and, and even Blake Griffin. You take mm-hmm. Blake, Blake Griffin out. Yeah. I mean, the the Nets really didn't have a bunch of guys who were well-known. Like, Jeff Green is a journeyman, a true journeyman. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? They have Shumpert, right? Is that his name? Iman? No, they don't have Shumpert. No, what's who's the guy I'm talking about? Uh, I have no idea which guy you're talking oh about. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, starts with an S. I can't remember his name. They have him, though, who really wasn't Bruce, Bruce Brown. Not Bruce, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is awesome. Bruce Brown is good. But, I mean, again, before James Harden really got there, was he really a difference maker for the Nets? Bruce Brown, no. He he came in later. He's the he's the high-energy guy. Like, he really gets the team to play hard. That's what enters. I mean. Claxton got a lot of good open looks with Harden. So, like, I think, to me, the Harden trade is just better than the Westbrook just because of, look, what they've done around. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, again, the number one is Chris Paul. And I, and I tell myself, and I tell all Boston fans this, that they – they first off, the Suns stole Chris Paul, but the Sun, but the Celtics should have went for Chris Paul, and they should have gave away Kemba Walker in their first round picks because I think they would be a lot better, mm-hmm. even if they didn't have Brown. I still think they would be a ton better, and they would have probably gotten Fournier with their two second rounders. They probably even actually could have gave that same trade and gotten Chris Paul instead of Fournier, and I think Chris Paul would have been better for them. Yeah. Um, and well, I Boston mean, made some questionable trades at the deadline. It just really didn't. The problem with the makes problem, sense with, to me. The problem with Boston is they just have too many cooks in the kitchen. They don't have a distributor. There's just too many guys who can cook, and there's not a guy who can lead the cooks. Yeah, you know, so that that's really their problem. And I w- wish they had gotten Chris Paul, but the Suns did, and I mean that was the best trade by far. Yeah. So we're talking about playoffs. Let's let's since we're talking about the Suns and the Lakers. Because this may be an answer to someone's question. What? Who's the biggest? What's the team that has the biggest concern after Game One? Out of all the series, what team? So the biggest concern for me would have to be the Denver Nuggets, and the reason I say that is because they were able to hold their own against a very good Portland team who has 
a lot of a lot of good talent on that team. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Carmelo Anthony, um, and even their role players are, are pretty good. But I, I gotta say the Nuggets because when Jokic, the MVP of the league, went to the bench to get his his normal rest, the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth, the Nuggets looked atrocious. And the Blazers outscored them so badly that it was looking like it wasn't even going to be a, a competitive game anymore. So this concerns me because Jokic is going to have to rest. He's playing in Denver. He's a big man. He obviously needs his, his rest just wasn't like everybody the, else. Wasn't that the point of getting Aaron Gordon too? Was so things like this happened that they had someone well, else they, to score. They had when he was on the bench. They had the leading scorer was the leading guy was Michael Porter Jr. And you know he did okay, but they had nobody who could stop Portland. They couldn't stop their scores, especially their big men, uh, Cantor and and Nurkic. Nobody could stop them when Jokic wasn't there. So I'm I'm very concerned when Jokic goes out for his break. Like, what do the Nuggets do? They can't just. Pray that when Jokic comes back in, he's able to make up the deficit because against Portland, it's not going to happen. They just got too much weaponry on that team. Yeah. No, I, I can definitely get behind that. And I really thought that trading for Aaron Gordon was kind of going to solve their issues of, oh, now we have another legitimate, ooh, excuse me, another legitimate scorer. Him, now and, we have another, him and JaVale McGee were supposed to be like yeah, awesome well, trades. Yeah, the legitimate defenders, legitimate scorers. Like that was the whole point of trading for these guys was so that they would – uh, you know, if something happened to the team, they would this they would come in and fill the void. Yeah. And so, yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Um, I mean, I think Denver could be in real trouble. I mean, once Jamal Murray went down, playoff Murray went down, I mean, it was kind of one of those things where I thought that they maybe would beat the Blazers, and I, if they did, it would be in it was seven. All, it was all about matchup for me at that point. Like, it was going to go to game Murray, seven. Who were they going to play? They got the Blazers. I was like, okay, they could do it. Like, it's it's not probable, but it's possible. It's not probable, but it's possible. But you know what? Even looking at it, who they play, they're going to play the winner of Phoenix in LA, and I think one of those teams is just going to get yeah. Get they're hot. not they're not getting to the conference uh, championship. No, and not, it's a shame because they did a lot this year to make you believe they could. But that Jamal Murray injury is really looming large right now. No, it is because I mean he really was the centerpiece of their playoff run last year, and he's the centerpiece of their whole playoff runs in general. So yeah, yeah kind of it kind of sucks to. To see that happen to them, especially because there's a lot of likable players on Denver. Yeah. There's a lot of likable guys. Yeah, it's true. Um, For me, I know this team won game one. Okay. So I'm going to make it interesting. I think the Bucs are in the most trouble. Okay. The reason I think the Bucs are in the most trouble is that they won by, I think it was two in it, overtime. It was two, yes. It was that Chris Middleton pull-up jumper. Okay. They still look atrocious on their perimeter defense. Mm-hmm. That was the whole point of Drew Holiday, yeah. was to get better on their perimeter defense. And their worst matchup is their first-round matchup, which is the Miami Heat, who are just a bunch of shooters and perimeter players. And then they have you know Jimmy Butler, who can do everything. But they just – I don't know. They didn't. They look like they didn't click. The, no, none of those teams looked like they clicked. Mm-hmm. The Heat and the Bucks looked like they did not click at all. There was nothing going on. But let's be honest here. Let's look at both teams. Who has the better coaching staff? Definitely Miami. Oh, right? yeah. Miami. It's, it's Miami. So if they both look like an atrocity, what happens to the Bucs when they look like an atrocity? Even when they win, what happens? They wind up breaking down and they lose to, to their opponents. 
mm-hmm. that series. And that's what I think is going to happen. I think that the Heat are going to catch fire soon. They're going to start shooting again, and they're still going to start making shots. And they need, they really need Drew Holiday to get to where he needs to be because if they don't, they're in trouble. I think they're in the most. I think they have the the worst. Concerns. Yeah, no, they have the biggest uh, concerns. Yeah, I definitely have concerns. Um, I feel like every every year in the playoffs, we say the same thing about the Bucks. My biggest concern is Giannis, and I and I say that because. Outside of the restricted area, he went 0 for 13. Exactly. And and my reason for concern isn't that he's 0 for, for that. It's why is he taking 13 shots outside the restricted area? Bad coaching. He shouldn't, he shouldn't, yeah, he shouldn't be allowed to touch the ball outside of that. Well, yeah. Uh, he was coaching. also he was also not great at the free throw line, which you know the Heat are gonna put him at the line. It's the it's the Ben Simmons effect. If you're down, you're in trouble, you're gonna foul someone. And you're going to foul someone who's terrible at the line so you can try to get yourself back into the game. And Yana shooting minus or under 50% from the free throw line is not going to help them win anything. No, no, it's not. And and again, that's why I think they're in the most trouble because the Heat, again, only lost by two. And they looked like shit. I mean, so did, so did the Bucs. But they looked like shit. But the Heat just have a better overall coaching staff. They have a better all crunch time free throw shooting. They have better all overall shooting, and they're the worst matchup for the Bucks. And Drew Holiday did not look impressive because that was the whole point of Drew Holiday. That was the whole point of that trade was to bolster that perimeter defense, and it just didn't look good at mm-hmm. all. Or I'm sorry, not even it wasn't even the Miami Heat. What did they have those the Indiana Heat? What was that? The Indiana Heat jerseys? Oh yeah, the mustard, the mustard oh, yellow jerseys. Good. God, those were disgusting. Yeah, those are ugly. I don't think the players like wearing them, but I guess you kind of have to. They have to go back to Miami Vice Heat. Yeah. They have to go back to Miami Vice Yeah, everybody heat. loves the Vice, yeah. Vice jerseys. Yeah. I mean, it just makes me think of Grand Theft Auto Vice, but that's about it. I, I love those jerseys. But um, actually, that's one of the jerseys I think you got for Christmas, right? I gave you that jersey for Christmas, Jimmy it was Butler. A nice Jimmy Butler one. Yeah, great that you're not wearing. Anyways, so let's... Uh, Let's move on. I got to wear Brooklyn right now. That's know? true. Got my Kyrie Irving shirt on. That is true. Uh, yeah, your Kyrie Irving shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we talked about our biggest concerns. Let's talk about another matchup. Um, and let's just kind of compare and contrast. Because these are both teams that are in the playoffs for the first time, I believe. Right? For the first time in a while. In a while. Yeah. In, in a, in, like they tw- cut their droughts. I, I believe the, the Knicks was 2013 and the Hawks were 2012. The last time they were... And a playoff series. Right. So let's talk about the Knicks and the Hawks. Let's compare and kind of contrast. Um, what? First off, what were your thoughts on the game? Game one. Uh, very close game, just like everybody expected. Um, Trey Young made it a point to not only hit the game-winning shot, but to tell Knicks fans that the reason he went so hard in that game and hit the game-winning shot was because they had a fuck you Trey Young chant going the entire warm-up, you know, going into the game, even a little bit throughout the game, I think. So he really just wanted to uh, quiet the crowd and and kind of put it in their face that they did this. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, Trey Young balled out. There was no question about that. When they needed him, he showed up. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think they're going to win the series. When they needed, when the Knicks needed, by the way, Knicks fans, our, a friend of ours, Chris Jones, who was at the game yesterday, by the way. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to Chris. But Knicks fans in general, 
might be the worst NBA fans. And I know this is going to sound bad, but it's true. I mean, when you look at Knicks fans, right, they draft really good talent and they hate the guy. And then they love the guy all of a sudden. And then they do this. Oh, well, they get their, you know, they get these big balls where they start screaming at all these guys. But your team, your team still hasn't proved anything. They've been mediocre for a while. Keep acting like those mediocre fans because they're a mediocre four seed in the East. That being said, I don't know. Four seed in the East is, a, I mean, this is a, year, a weird year. But four seed in the East is still pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive, but like, I don't know. I kind of think it's a little bit of a fluke for them. I don't think they're going to be better next year. I think they're going to be around the same. But yeah, this is worse. a weird year with COVID. I mean, I think if Miami didn't have all their COVID problems, they probably would have been the fourth seed. I, I just, the Hawks, when their players needed to show up, Trey Young balled out. Um, Bogdanovich played out of his mind. Yeah, Bogdanovich has been really good for them he, all year. He, Since he's come back from that injury, he's been very key for them. That's what I mean. And so, and then you look at the Knicks and their best player, Julius Randle, didn't do bad, but I mean, 15 points and 12 rebounds, that's not Julius Randle. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I, I, I'm a little concerned when it comes to Julius Randle. And the reason being is that there are moments where if it's clutch time or if it's fourth quarter time, he's not always there. And and I believe the reason is that he's so tired from carrying the team the first it's quarter, the, the second quarter, it's the, the James third Harden quarter. Effect. Yeah, I, I think he's kind of getting gassed. Um, and I think that's a big reason why Derrick Rose had to lead the charge yesterday. But, but, but see, it should have been R.J. Barrett that should have led that charge. R.J. Barrett's younger. He's he's better than Derrick Rose. Like I feel yeah, like he's yeah, the second yeah. guy. Even Alex Burke played better than than uh, Derrick Rose. Yeah, Alec Burks. I mean, if he's if he's the hot hand shooting wise, then then he's the hot hand. You're not going to stop him. But no, I mean, it, it made sense to me that they that they went to Derrick Rose. I mean, he's he's been here before. He knows what he's doing. He's a good player. He's just his career has been derailed by injury. Um. Whereas you know, RJ Barrett's still a young guy, like Yeah, but but they this is what they drafted RJ Barrett for was was to be the key guy and to be the key I understand it's his first playoff game. I get it. I totally get it. And maybe and maybe they might eat my words. Yeah. Maybe they might eat my words and they might play out of their fucking mind next week or whenever they play. I think it's uh today's Monday, so they play Tuesday. I think Tuesday. So they'll play on Tuesday. May he might play out of his mind. I don't know. I'm just saying from what I saw in that game. First off, Knicks fans, stop screaming "fuck you," Trey Young, because it backfired pretty easily. Knock it off. You, you know, it's like giving a kid a candy or giving what is it on the? You give some kid power and it goes right to their head. That's what happened to the Knicks. Knock it off. Your guys didn't show up when they needed to. The Hawks did, and I think the Hawks are going to win this series because they. I just think they have a better team all around, and I think in that game it showed that they had a better team all around. They didn't. They relied on Trey Young at the end of the game, which the star is supposed to show up is at mm -hmm. the end of the game. Yeah. But I mean, for the most part, John Collins, twelve points, seven rebounds, two blocks, did a lot better than the Knicks. Uh, some of the Knicks guys. I mean, Clint Capella, just a uh, rebounding animal. Hunter yeah. didn't really play that much. He was pretty abysmal. But like, even if you look at their bench, their bench guys did a lot better too. So. I think they still won in New York. I think that the Knicks will win game two, but I think I think it'll be a all Atlanta, all, and they have a better coaching staff, in my opinion. I think I think their coaching staff as a whole is better. Where I think is Thibodeau himself 
is better. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. You're going off the whole coaching staff, assistants and all, not just head coach. Right. Yeah, which, I mean, Nate McMillan is a very good head coach, and he's he's proven it yet once again because Indiana did not look the same without him this year. Nope. And he made the Hawks go from a negative record, uh, dookie team, all the way to the fifth seed. So he deserves a lot of credit as well. No, he does. And, uh, yeah, like I said, if you're looking at this game, um, that was – Kind of really just not a great performance by the Knicks, and I think I think the Hawks are going to take this in five. In five, wow, five, wow. I think I think the Knicks take one more. I think the Knicks win on Tuesday, and then I think it's all Hawks from there. I think that Nate McMillan playoff experience will let Trey Young rock, and unless Julius Randle can get it together, because that's really what the Knicks need him to do is get it together. Because if he doesn't, yeah, they're, they're in trouble. They're going to need Julius Randle to absolutely ball out. Um, Hawks in five. Oh, okay. Hawks and five. I think it'll be at least six. Hawks but... and five. All right. Hawks and five. Okay. I have that much confidence. Hawks and five. All right. Um. So biggest concerns. Uh. Let's 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 move away from the playoffs now. Let's move away. Okay. Um. Let's let's get to some awards. I mean, I hate the awards. I hate um awards in any sport. I think it's kind of a stupid thing. I think that you're singling out players in a team based. Sport, I think that's kind of dumb. No, I, I like the awards. I just I just feel that you should have a regular season award and then a playoff award because they're two completely different things, especially in a sport like the NBA who doesn't – until the finals MVP, they don't care about what you do in the postseason. The award is all regular season-based. And even in the regular season, there's so many games. It's very hard to keep track of these guys and what they did all year. Like, it's it's – I don't know. I just I don't think awards are great. I think it, you're giving you're letting one player know how great he is compared to everyone else, but it's a team game at the end of the day. And this is where arguments kind of start of who's the best and this is why and this is why. I mean, it's a team it's a team game. Yes, but basketball is a little different than say like football or baseball. Like like football, baseball, you really need a good team to do well. Basketball you only really need one superstar, and they'll they'll drag you further than you should go. I mean, in the regular season, maybe, but in the playoffs, you'll start to see how that happens. I mean, again, look at the James Harden effect. For so long, James Harden didn't have the greatest of players. He had some good ones, but he didn't have the greatest of players. Yeah. And so in the playoffs, he would get gassed, and he would get tired, and people would say, oh, he can't perform. But it's not that he can't perform. It's that the guy's so damn gassed from carrying everyone for 82 games. You know, basketball's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to it, especially yeah, if you have back-to-backs. That's, that's why they don't want to do 82 games anymore. So, yeah, no, I, I, I don't like individual awards, but let's talk about them anyway. So we have the we'll, – we'll work our way from the lower awards and then work our way from to the, the MVP. Lower. Okay, so, so where would you like to start? So let's start – go ahead. You, you get with the awards. You know more about these awards than I do. Okay, so I guess we'll start with coaching. Okay. So the, final, the three finalists we have for Coach of the Year is Monty Williams from the Suns. Quinn Snyder from the Jazz, and Tom Thibodeau from the Knicks. The Penguin from Batman. Yes. Okay. Those are the three that we're dealing with here. So do you agree with those final three? Do you have one that you like above the rest or no? Um, <laughs> no, I, I like I like those three. I think that um, – yeah, I, I think those three are, are the ones – the obvious choices. Mm-hmm. I think those three are the obvious choices. Um. I also think I think Rick Carlisle should get a little mentioning too. I mean, for Dallas to be the fifth seed with so many injuries that they've had this year with Porzingis, I, 
I know firsthand I had him on fantasy team. Porzingis being in and out, <clears throat> Luca being in and out. Like, and there's the fifth seed, and they're a game up on the Clippers. Like, they really shouldn't be that far. I think Rick Kyle, Carlisle obviously won't get uh, coach of the year, but... He can at this point. He's not he, a finalist. But I think we he should get credit, and he should be in that conversation. Um, Yeah, I mean, if I had to choose one of those guys, to me, I think it would be... Um, See, I don't. I want to say the guy from the Suns, but I feel like it's more Chris Paul, Chris Paul than him. I, I think Thibodeau is the is the obvious selection. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Monty Williams did do great things last year in the bubble when they went eight and zero. That is true. Um, so he he definitely had a hand in it, and the players say they love playing for him. Chris Paul loves playing for him because he lets Chris Paul do what he wants, probably. And they, I think they were together on another former team of Chris Paul's. I don't remember which one. Um, maybe Charlotte, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, so him, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous. I mean, Quinn Snyder's done a hell of a job because he had to kind of repair the relationship between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert after that whole COVID nineteen thing. Yeah, that's that's a big. Um, that's and a then big he's pick. had a lot of guys out of the lineup due to injury as well. I mean, Donovan Mitchell missed the last sixteen games of the season. They were still able to hold on to the number one seed. I think uh, Jordan Clarkson missed time. <clears throat> Excuse me, he missed some time with the team. So they they weren't uh, the healthiest of teams either, but yeah, I think if I had to give it to someone, it would be it would be Thibodeau because he took that team to the fourth seed, and everybody thought they would be a bottom four team in the league. No, I know I, I have. I mean, by that I have to give it to Thibodeau. I mean, yes, I would like to give it to the Suns guy because of all he's done for them. I mean, and they were really hot in the bubble, and everyone kind of were a little high on the Suns. They were the, very high on them before yeah. the Chris Paul trade. They were high on them. They were probably yeah. going to be around the. F- Bound the fifth, sixth, or probably no, six, yeah, probably the sixth yeah. seed, and they got them to the two seed, which is a big jump. Don't get me wrong. Oh, especially in the West. But I mean, yes, again, the Quinn Schneider thing, repairing and and repairing relationships and repairing in- injuries and getting the roster going. Yes, that's another really good one. But mm-hmm. let's let's be real. The Jazz were going to be a top five seed anyways. So like, and they were always really good under him. So like, is he should be coach of the year? No. I think it definitely has to be the Penguin. I mean, this dude literally took a team that was absolute dog shit that shouldn't even – they were a mediocre team. And they're mm. in the fourth seed in the playoffs. Fourth seed. Yeah. So, to me, it's got to be him. Everything he's done for that team – I mean, he Julius Randle looks like an MVP, even though he's not going to get talked as an MVP. He looks like an MVP. Yeah. R.J. Barrett kind of revived himself in his sophomore year. Derrick Rose had a revive – I mean, even the, the sophomore year of an NBA player really tells you a lot because they can either fall off or they can take that next step. And RJ definitely took the next step. No, he did, and even and even guys like uh, quickly played really well. Yeah, um, for them this year. Them. Yeah, quickly played really well for them this year. No, New Orleans Noel. I mean, yeah, he he's he still. I up. thought he was dead and buried, and now look at him. Now he's playing great. I mean, there's just so yeah. many there's so many things that Thibodeau did for them, um, and. Yeah, and they're More, a top defense too. I mean, I mean a top defense. Again, if you look at the Suns and you look at the Jazz, they were supposed to be playoff teams. We all knew they were going to be playoff teams. We just didn't know what seed. Yeah, the Knicks were a bottom four team mm-hmm. that are a top four team. That to me deserves Coach of the Year. Yep. Alrighty, so uh, the next award we have would be Sixth Man of the Year. Okay, and this one is interesting this year because. You have Derrick Rose, who played with the Pistons and then was traded to the Knicks. 
And then the other two candidates are actually from the same team. Okay. Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles were both coming off the bench for the Utah Jazz, the number one seed Jazz. And they've both been fine. They are both now finalists for six man of the year. So it's those three. Those are the three finalists, yes. Oof. A little mediocre. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a great year this year for that. Um, you, Lou Williams, is usually in that conversation, but he didn't really do much this year, did he? Yeah, and he got traded. He didn't do. Yeah, he didn't really do anything in the regular season. Got traded to Atlanta. Wasn't playing a bunch of games. Usually, him guys like Montrez Harrell, who uh, was became a starter for LA with all the injuries. But I would have to say, for me personally, I think I'd give it to Jordan Clarkson. I think he was just too far ahead from. Derrick Rose to really make it a close competition. Like he did too much in the beginning of the season. Well, I think I think I think out of all three of them, I think Jordan Clarkson's the better player. And I think Jordan Clarkson has done a lot more numbers wise to get them to win than say Derrick Rose or Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. You know, that that would be my it's Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, for me, I mean Joe Ingles, he was fine, but he doesn't really belong in this. He was only thrown in because the category was so weak this year. Yeah, that that's true. And yeah, I, I mean, it's really to me, it's between Derrick Rose and and Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, and I think Clarkson gets it just because, like I said, he kind of means more to them. Yeah. I mean, Derrick Rose did well, but like Clarkson, you know, played yeah, kind of balled out. He yeah. almost didn't miss threes for like half the season. Yeah, he did really well for the number one team in the league. Whereas Derrick Rose, I mean, you have to remember his time in the Pistons was abysmal. Yeah, I mean, he was putting up some numbers every once in a while, but he was always hurt. He was always not playing. That team was still poopy caca, whether he was playing or not. I mean, yeah, they they were never really... Jordan Clarkson, when he played, when he was on the floor, he solidified them and kind of helped the Jazz, whereas Derrick Rose, when he was on the floor, like, they were still the same team. So I think six-man has to go to Jordan Clarkson. I don't want to give this one any more time. Yeah. All right, so next would be Defensive Player of the Year. We have... This is a good one. Rudy Gobert, who is always in the conversation every year. Fuck the French. Uh, we have Draymond Green, who, aside from last year, is always in the conversation every year. And we, have, Shrek. and we have uh, Ben Simmons. So we have Ben Simmons. Yep. Donkey from Shrek. Yep. And the Frenchman. And the Stifled Tower, they call him. The Stifled Tower. Yep. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I mean, I want to see someone new get it. Let's give it to Ben Simmons. <clears throat> ben Simmons was impressive because he did he did cover more positions than the than than Gobert did. But Draymond also missed a bunch of the season, right? He missed about a quarter of the season. I I'm gonna be honest, I don't really remember. I don't I don't think he did. I think he was pretty much there. Um but I think I'd I have to give it to Gobert. I mean, that guy was just ridiculous guarding the paint. You couldn't you couldn't really do anything over him. I mean, he's in the conversation every year. His defense, we don't really talk about it because who cares about individual defense? Not the NBA, that's who. Yeah, yeah, they don't care. Uh, but he means a lot to that team. And he really, when you watch jazz games, there's a lot of people who are kind of afraid to go in the paint and try to drive in because they know Rudy Gobert is there and he's going to send it back at you. Yeah, no, I, I like Gobert. I like Gobert. I definitely don't think it's Draymond this year. I think it would probably be between, for me, Gobert and Simmons. I think I'm going to give the edge to Simmons just because, like you know, like you said, position versatility. He can guard more positions. And mm-hmm. to me, that's a little bit more impressive. 
Like if it's Gobert just blocking a bunch of shots from guards and, you know, playing good defense on bigs, but like Simmons can guard all five positions, probably more four, four positions. Yeah. At a high level, he can guard four positions. I think he he can guard five, but at a high defensive level, he can guard four. Mm -hmm. And to me, I think versatility is everything, especially in, in a, in sports versatility is the most important thing yeah so i think to me it's gonna have to be ben simmons just because of his versatility his blocks his steals like not only is he blocking guards he's blocking big men he's stealing the ball from any and everyone and on top of that he's their ball carrier so i mean he's he's not he's putting he's doing more and getting more hours gobert is more of just the stay in the pain and but i'll but i'll leave you with this Ben Simmons has missed a bunch of games. Okay. At least, at least double digits. Probably okay. between like 10, 13, something like that. I think Rudy Gobert played the entire season. And in a season like this, I know it was only 72 games, but it was so compact. I think you, you got you to gotta credit him for that. That takes a that takes a lot to play all, all every game. No, it does take a lot to play every game. I just, I just think for Ben Simmons, though, when he wasn't in, their defense wasn't the greatest. Like they did them as a team defensively was not the greatest. This the the stats will show something different, obviously, because they don't take into individual games. Mm-hmm. But if you look at when Ben Simmons is in and when he's not in, it's very it's very um, and as as we live in by the Philadelphia area, so we get to see a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. You could just tell their their defense isn't exactly stout when he's not. Yeah, in. that's a problem too. Playing on the West Coast is a lot of East Coasters don't get to. Watch the games because they're on too late. You got work the next morning. Stop being cheap. Get NBA TV. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. All right. So the next the next category we have is Rookie of the Year. Okay. So the finalists for this one, we have LaMelo Ball from the Hornets. We have uh, Tyrese Halliburton from the Kings. And we have Anthony Edwards from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. So I guess if you look at it, Hallie Burton was the most consistent because I think he played more than both of them combined. <clears throat> until until his injury. I mean, when he right. got injured, he was out the rest of the year. And then if you look at it, LaMelo in the beginning of the season was really good, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then Anthony Edwards wasn't. And mm-hmm. then LaMelo got hurt, and that's when Anthony Edwards started going up. Yeah, it's it's a real problem the NBA has, uh, at least for the past couple of seasons, with Rookie of the Year because – as long as I can remember, there was always one rookie who did really well the first half of the season and then would kind of fall off the second half. And then there was another rookie who was shit in the first half of the regular season and then would ball out the second half. That was more Anthony Edwards. So Yeah, exactly. And it happens every year. There's like There was Luka Doncic when he balled out the first half of the year. Then Trey Young came in the second half. Um, there, who, who was last? Oh, there was, uh, John Morant balled out in the first half of the year. And then Zion came on strong at the end. I, I feel like it's always, oh, it's kind of a problem with the NBA is none of these rookies are really the, the finalists for the award are never really consistent, consistent or great at the same time. So it makes it a little tougher to compare, but I think I would give it to LaMelo. Yeah. I think LaMelo was a little too far ahead. Um, plus, plus he was doing a lot for the Hornets. Like the Hornets were very good when Lamelo was playing. I mean, with or without Anthony Edwards, the Minnesota Timberwolves were still the fucking eighth seed. They weren't the greatest team. No, they're awful. They're, yeah, I mean, they were just bad. Um, I mean, 
look, the Hornets at least had playoff contention. They were at least there. They weren't a bottom two team. So, like, I, I would have to give it to LaMelo. And LaMelo was playing – he was great at moments and then okay, but he was consistently good. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Like, he was always consistently there. Whereas Anthony Edwards was, like, bad and then really good and then bad and then really good and then bad. Then Whereas LaMelo was like, okay, good. Okay, we're great. Now we're now we're good again. Now we're great. Yeah. And then Halliburton – I mean, Halliburton's good, but, like, obviously they don't believe in Halliburton that much if they still haven't traded Buddy Heald, right? They just went and got uh, – who's the guy from the Pistons that they got? Dylan Wright. Dylan Wright. It was, it was refreshing to see, though, when um... – when uh, De'Aaron Fox was done for the year, they had a choice of promoting Halliburton or Dallin Wright, and they they did promote Halliburton, so they they gave him the opportunity to be the the starting guard for them. Right. I just I don't think he's just a shame he got injured. Yeah. Right after I, I don't know. I just I think Lamelo. It's easy. I think it's going to be Lamelo Ball. Yeah, I also think it'll be Lamelo Ball. Um, and then what we just have the one left, the big one, MVP. MVP. Yeah. Yep. Most valuable. Player, people, when I say that, listen, the most valuable player, who are the three? Well, this year we have the three finalists as Jokic, Steph Curry, and Joel Embiid. Those are those are our three finalists for the MVP award. Steph, Jokic, Joel Embiid. Yes. Okay. Um, Do you want to start or you want me to start? Go ahead. So... I'm pretty pissed off that Joel Embiid is in the conversation for MVP for a couple of reasons. Okay. One, he missed a ton of games. That you know, that that hurts, you know, especially when you have guys like Jokic and even Julius Randle who played a majority if not all of the games this year. Well, Joel Embiid missed a third of the season. I don't think Embiid should be in there. I think they should switch Embiid for Chris Paul. Continue. Yeah, okay. Um and, and not even that, you're talking MVP of the league. And I remember you telling me something, and it stuck with me, and it, and it reminds me of this scenario here. How is Joel Embiid going to be the MVP of the league when he's not even the MVP of his team? Yeah, that's How the can you be the MVP, the most valuable player of the entire league, 30 teams, if you are not the most valuable person on your team? Yeah, and he's not. Ben Simmons is because of his defense, because he does so much more for that team. And Bead can put up his numbers. He can put up forty points Anywhere. a game. He can get his rebounds. He can get some blocks. He's not really changing the outcome of a lot of these games. When Embiid was out, the Seventy Sixers were still winning. They were good. When Ben Simmons was out, that team was bad. When when Simmons and and Tobias Harris were out, that team was bad. But when Embiid was out, that team was still good. They were still winning. They were still doing what they had to do. So to me, Joel Embiid should not be in that conversation. I think you could make a case for Chris Paul. I personally would probably put Damian Lillard in there. I know to say Westbrook. No, I I know Damian Lillard missed a couple of games, not nearly the amount as Embiid. He missed a couple of games, but what he meant for that Blazers team when CJ McCollum was out injured. And I mean, he kept them afloat. I mean, he was doing everything for that team. Uh, sure, he slowed down a little bit when his guys came back, but it was because his guys came back. What are you going to do? By the way, he's on my fantasy team, so I know this all firsthand. Yeah, so uh, it really pisses me off that Joel Embiid is in the conversation, but 
I still don't think he's going to win. I hear a lot more people talking about Jokic and, and Curry than I do Embiid. I don't even think Embiid should be in the conversation. I no, really don't. He absolutely should not. But uh, for me, it's definitely Jokic. Jokic, I think it's a little biased. I, I like. I think Jokic he was is... a complete Iron Man, and I mean Jamal Murray was slumping hard the first half of the year, um, and he really he kept that team afloat, and he well he did more than that. I mean he was he was keeping them at a high a high seed in the in the playoffs too. Yeah, no, I I think it's I think it's Jokic. I don't even think it's close. I know a lot of people are gonna go, oh well, Steph Curry played out of his I, mind. I think it be, I think it became close with Curry, but. I think at the end, Jokic was just too good, too dominant. The the Nuggets are the third seed. Yes. The Warriors aren't even in the playoffs. Yeah, that I think that really hurts Steph Curry's case too, is that they missed the playoffs. Let's look at it from that perspective. Yeah. Not saying that – because Curry is the most valuable player on his team, period. There's no point – there's no there's nothing to that. He is the most valuable player on his team, mm-hmm. just like Jokic is to the Nuggets. Yep. But if you look at where <clears> – <throat> dealing with injuries on both teams – to mm-hmm. key guys, right? Yeah. Jokic lost Murray. Yeah. Steph Ed lost Steph, Clay. Steph lost and Clay. Oubre. And yeah, Wiseman. But, yeah, but is, was <laughs> Ubre really? He was. He was coming into it. Yeah, he was coming into okay. it. Where, okay. Where? Okay. So but the Nuggets were... also lost Monte Morris, their their sixth man. Uh, they also lost Paul Millsap for a while, who was their veteran guy, who's been there, done that. So I mean, they both they both lost key injuries. Maybe Steph lost a little more, but they both they both lost. But nothing like Kelly Oubre is not game changing. Like he's not turning them from a playoff to a non playoff team to the fifth seed in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Whereas like Jamal Murray is turning you from the third the third seed or wherever you are to or where they're supposed to be, like the third or fourth to maybe the second the first or second seed. Yeah. Right. So, like, in it doesn't seem like it's a big jump, but it really is. Being the number one seed has a lot of benefits, and being the fight in for the playoffs has a lot of ben- has has no benefits. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, and like you said, he played all eighty two games or seventy two. It was all seventy two games. All seventy two games. He was the Iron Man of their team. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at it in those perspectives, it has to be Jokic. Jokic got them to the third seed in the West, not the East, the West. They're the yeah. third seed in the West. They beat out teams like the Clippers, the Mavs, the Lakers, the Grizzlies. Okay, I mean, but the like the Lakers. Okay, they had a ton of injuries, so the Lakers probably would have been a top three seed. Yeah, but if they were if they weren't injured, but they'd this was be a top this seed. was the year of injuries, so it was, it was tough. It was, but I still have to say, give it to Jokic. And Jokic is just—I yeah. think Jokic is the, one of the best all-around players in the in the sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what is he seven foot? Uh, probably he's got to be seven foot. Yeah, At yeah. seven foot, he's Big able man. to pass like a point guard. Yep. Defense like a big man and can shoot threes consistently. Yeah. I mean, like, he's like the ultimate cheat code. He really is. So yeah. I have to give Jokic the the credit. And I just want to put on for the record, I love the Jokic memes of when they say, oh, this is your MVP, and it's him sitting in the chair, and he just the looks – The little fat boy. Yeah, he just looks so out of shape. And, oh, my God, that guy has had such a long journey to the NBA. And I think seeing him be the MVP of the league – is I think a better face than seeing Steph Curry or Joel Embiid. Because yeah, Joel Embiid has gone through a lot too, but like you said, he's not really the most valuable player on his team. And Curry was the most unanimous guy. So watching him be the MVP again, it's like, oh, okay, they want you know the same guy wins. Watching Jokic go from drafting in the second round to being not even being able to play because he was too fat. Mm-hmm. Then he then he was overweight and dominating in the NBA. Then he loses weight and plays out of his fucking mind this year and stays healthy. 
which is a rare commodity now. Yeah. It's got to be him. Especially for a big man, too, staying healthy. But also, uh, you have to remember, he's only 24, 25 years old. It still doesn't matter, man. I mean, being 300 pounds and running around like that is No, I know pounds. what I'm saying. Like, he's got his whole career ahead of him. No, he does. I think he's, I th- he's still young as shit. I think he's probably the best young player in the NBA. I don't even think it's close. I think he's the best under 25. Win, yeah, if he wins MVP, how are you going to argue? I think under 25. Is Giannis, how old is Giannis? He's got to be at least 25, 26, right? I think he's a little older. I think he's like 26. I think, the, I think the best guy under 25 is Jokic, hands down, not even close. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and that's all the awards we had, right? Yeah, that's all. Every single one. All right. So, obviously, we're all about playoffs here, especially now because of the playoffs. Yeah. And you know the regular season's over, and uh, it came every to game end. matters now. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on this playing tournament? I've talked to you off air about playoff tournament. I want to hear your thoughts. So the playing tournament to me at first was an okay idea, then. I saw the Celtics beat the Wizards and beca- and remain the seventh seed. I saw the Lakers beat the Warriors and remain the seventh seed. And then I saw the Wizards beat the uh, Pacers and remain the eighth seed. So to me, nothing had changed. So I didn't like it. I thought it was a complete waste of time. You could have started the playoffs earlier. You didn't have to, you know, kill these teams before the playoffs with extra games. But then the Grizzlies shocked me. I think they shocked the world when they came out and beat the Warriors in Golden State mm-hmm. and became the eighth seed. Well, real quick, just to add on that real quick, mm-hmm. and watched John Morant play clutch. Because John Morant was never that clutch. No, he was ne- No, he's really not. I, but these past two games, he has been... Really clutch for them. That's important. Continue. Yeah, him and Dylan Brooks has been playing out of his mind. Um, but yeah, I mean... So up until that game, Grizzlies-Warriors, I didn't like it. I thought it was a waste of time. But watching the Grizzlies beat the Warriors, now now I can get behind it because there was actually a, a change in seeding. There was actually a success story to it. It wasn't a complete waste of time anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so now now at least I can get behind it. I'm, I'm okay with it now, whereas I wasn't before – uh, but I, I can say now that that I can I can get behind it. I, I mean, for me, I, I like it and I don't. I like the fact that it gives two teams. I like the underdog story. I like the fact that there's a team that can come in and play really well for a couple of games and maybe even steal a series. Like, I like that. I think that's good. And I think it's a smart thing on the NBA's part because at the end of the day, we all do want to see more NBA games. Mm-hmm. We do. Where, where I think the problem lies with this playing tournament is that so how it's set up, from my understanding, is the 7 plays the 8, yep. and then the 9 plays the 10. Correct. So whoever wins the 7 versus 8 is the 7. Yes. Okay, fine. That's fair. They should do that. They should keep that. Whoever, What's the point of having the 8, the loser of that game, play the winner of the 9 and 10? Why wouldn't, if you're giving another team a chance, you're giving all four teams a chance. So they should either one... Have it to where it's like a kind of like a round robin, but that would be too much for yeah. them. But that's what the NHL's been doing recently. It's a bunch of round robins. Yeah, but like I just, it, I think it's kind of stupid. Like they shouldn't even give. Like if the tenth seed wins over the nine, they play the eight. If the eight loses to the seven, okay, right? That's 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 how it goes. Yeah. So I just think it's too much for these guys, and apparently, 
with you know all the games that are going to be going on now, especially if the NBA season is staying at eighty two games, it's just too much. Yeah, they're they're trying to to work around that. Adam Silver brought up the the tournament, the mid season tournament yet again. He wants it to go to the board of directors, governors, whatever the NBA has. So he he's trying. He's trying. He doesn't want it. He knows the league doesn't want eighty two games. The players don't want. No, no, they I, don't. I should say the league does want 82, but the players don't. That's no, what they, I should say. They, and they don't. And they they have that right, and they shouldn't want 82 games. That's a lot of games to kind of go off, you know? That's a lot of games. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't. I just don't like the fact that the, the 7, whoever loses the 7 and the 8 plays the 9 and the 10. Like, I think whoever wins out of those two should be the, the 7 and the 8. They earned it. So the winner should be 7, the loser should be 8. Correct. No, 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 no. The, whoever wins the 7 and 8. Yeah. Is the seven? Whoever yeah. wins the nine ten should be the should be the eight. I don't think they should have another game where the eight plays this. Like that's yeah, too- but that would be a little unfair to the eighth seed. Why? Because they lost, but they lost to a better team. Whereas the nine beat a worse team. So then maybe the seven should play the ten, and the eight should play the nine. Yeah, that I could get behind. That because then at that point no one can say, oh, it's not fair, and this, and then they don't have to have two games. Mm-hmm. The seven plays the ten. And the eight plays the nine. Whoever wins, wins. The f- yeah, seven wins, they remain the seven. Ten wins, they, they well, become then the eight. You, well, then, well, no, because then you would have, if the seven plays the ten, right? If the seven plays the ten, mm-hmm. and say the seven wins, yeah. they would remain the seven seed. Yes. The eight plays the nine. Mm-hmm. If the eight loses to the nine, the nine would be the eighth seed. Yes, unless, I don't know, I feel like if the 10th seed were to win. If the 10th seed would win. They against, should be the 8th, and then the 9th should, should be the 7th. Right. So, like, if so like say, for example, the 7 versus the 10, mm-hmm. right? 7 versus 10, the 10 wins. And then the 8 versus the 9, the 8 wins. The 8 would be the 7th seed, the 10 would be the 8th seed. Yes. Yeah, that's how they should do it. They shouldn't have this stupid, oh, this, and then this loser plays this winner. No, just make it two games, let them play, let them move on. Better team that night wins. Yeah. And now these guys actually see how the NFL playoffs are because this this is why it's so difficult in the NFL to go to go back to back Super Bowls. Yeah, you're not allowed to win or you're not allowed to lose. There's no margin of error. Yeah, you lose, you're out. That's it. There's no margin of error, and that's I kind of like this idea in that regard. But they need to make it Even so baseball like baseball does that for its wild card round. You get one, you get one game to keep your season alive. That's it. It should be one and done. That's yeah. it. Any given, every, any given day. It's better for the, it's better for the audience. It's better for the sport. And it brings reviews in because if you like, if we're watching the first round of the playoffs, like I'm not going to lie. Like there's times where in the past years, I didn't even watch the first round because I'll, or I didn't watch the first like two games in the first round because I'm like, well, they have three games to kind of come back. It's mm-hmm. kind of stupid. So it should be one and done. And I think they should shorten the first round. The first round should be short. It should be five games. Round two should be five games. The conference final should be seven. And then the final should be seven. Yeah, I could get behind that. And, especially, and then make it the season a little bit shorter and have your playing tournament. I think that's more than enough basketball for people. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good to me. So, yeah. I also, I also like the idea of playing uh, what they did this year when you play your division three times instead of four. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nice because then you had to have a tiebreaker. Yeah, exactly. No, I think I think that's a smart idea. All right, so I have a question for you. Okay. I have a question. I'm ready. And I want to hear your opinion. Shoot. If we had an NBA redraft. Okay. All teams, NBA redraft. First overall pick. Who's your first overall pick? My first overall pick. You you are the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets. 
Anthony is the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets. Nobody's on your team anymore. Who is your pick and why? That is tough because I, I feel like I always age matters, right? Like you, you don't want a guy you don't want a guy who's gonna retire in a couple of years, even if he is the best three in the in the league. Like you wouldn't draft a Chris Paul first overall, even though no. you, you know he's gonna boost your team, but he's gonna be gone in a couple of years. Well Chris Paul's so underrated that I feel like even if you did have a redraft, I think you could still find him in the third round. Yeah. Um I mean, Jokic would be a really nice one to have because he's so young and he's such a great player already. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to really develop a big man because you have him for 10, 12 years. I well, probably, yeah, I'd probably, um, probably go him or maybe a guy like Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard? Yeah, I'd probably go one of those two. I probably lean more towards Jokic after this year, after witnessing what I did. But yeah, I, I think I go Jokic to answer your question. Yeah, no, I, for me it's kind of difficult. As much as I want to go LeBron, he's the older guy. Obviously, yeah, we really don't know how much years he has left. Um, you obviously want to go the young guys, but you want to go young guys that you know that can win, mm-hmm. like you know, or even can even get you to a position to win. So, like, I would cross Luca off that list. Because he really hasn't shown me he can get to a winner's standpoint, like a conference finals, NBA finals. Because it's why we play the game, right? Let's, let's let's not kid ourselves. Let's not lie to ourselves, right? Like you play the game to win the game. You play to win. Mm-hmm. Like the money's nice, yeah, but you play to win. So for me, like everyone says, oh well, you base your arguments off of winning and this, this, and that, and and putting the best situation to win. Yeah, I do. I do put. I do put that because at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. To win, be number one. I guess for me, that player would have to be in in this league right now. If I couldn't pick Jokic, so say I had the second pick and you had pick Jokic, mm-hmm. the second pick overall, I think would have to be Kawhi Leonard. Okay, and I, and I think I would actually put Kawhi Leonard as the first overall pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he took the Spurs. He's the dynasty killer, so you know if there's a dynasty, he's going to kill it. Mm-hmm. Not only that, the Spurs were, when they had him, were great. The Spurs lost him. They've been dog shit ever since. He goes to Toronto. He takes a team had no business being in the NBA Finals to the NBA Finals and wins it. Mm-hmm. Okay, now he's in the Clippers. He had a rough year one. They didn't do so hot. Fine. I heard there was a lot of turmoil there. Whatever. But, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how they do this year. But Kawhi Leonard is just a key piece. And he can rally a team to win, and he's he's got to be what twenty twenty nine. I don't think he's over thirty. No, I think he is over thirty now. He is over thirty. I think I think he might be like thirty one. Uh, I, I would still probably take him because I think when he won his title, his second title, I believe he was around twenty nine, something like that. And he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA too. I mean, he's just a guy that I would take overall. Oh, he is 29. What do you know? He's 29 now. Under, he's under 30. So, I mean, you're yeah, getting a guy under 30 fair. who could probably take play another eight years, probably another decade, really, Yeah. at a high level. I would probably take Kawhi Leonard as the number two. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't realize he was still so young. All right. So, now let's do a little bit more. Um, let's. We talked about playoffs. We got through playoffs. We got through uh, – I don't even think we, we chose who we think are going to even get to the finals. Do you have a te- Do you have two teams that you think will get to the finals? I think it's going to be Brooklyn out of the East, 
might be a little biased, but I do think Brooklyn will come out of the East and the West. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of looking at the the Trailblazers right now. I'm also looking at um, Phoenix Suns. I mean, if the the Lakers are going to be exhausted by the time this is all said and done, yeah, I don't know that they're going to be able to pull it out. I, I had the Clippers originally, but I'm a little I'm a little nervous on them now. I don't I don't know what to think of the Clippers. I don't think anyone knows what to what to think about the Clippers. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, my playoffs, I think, is going to be Brooklyn Clippers. I think it'll be Brooklyn Clippers. I think if I think if I had to pick a front runner, I mean, if if the Nets didn't make it, I think it'll be Heat Clippers. But I think it'll be it'll definitely be Brooklyn. And I think for the West, I think the Clippers can can make it. I still think the Lakers can make. it. I mean, they're going to be exhausted when they get there, but I still think they can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the two that really kind of like stand out as the favorites. Yeah. For me. I'll say I'll say I'll say Brooklyn Clippers. That's what I think it's going to be. That'd be a fun one. Yeah, that would be a fun one. Kawhi versus the big three. Kawhi and Paul George. The playoff Rondo. Four, yeah, dude. Four. That's four first names versus the big three. It's a lot of first name action going on. For those people who don't know, there's a myth that I created myself, and I will continue to live until it dies, uh, that most people who have two first names in a sport usually are going to be great. Look at all the greats in the NBA. Look at all the greats in the NFL. Speaks for itself. So, um, we we have the NBA finals. Who are two teams in the play, in the NBA that you think that didn't make the playoffs this year mm-hmm. that you think will make the playoffs next year? So, obviously, I could go with a simple one like uh, yeah, Charlotte or Indiana, but I'm gonna go for the East. I'm gonna say the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay. They have a core who's still who's still up and coming. Uh, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and now Jared Allen. Who, if they can just learn how to win that and you know play well together, I think that team will be be very good. Uh, especially you know especially in a a, a weaker conference where especially their division, who they're going to play probably four times again next year, not that strong. You know they got they get to play Detroit. They get to play. Detroit. You know I think they play Indiana. So it's not it's not too strong. And then out of the West, man, I really I want to go with the Sacramento Kings. I've been wanting to go for them for a decade, but, but I'm give afraid it because now there's a report out that they're not going to fire Luke Walton, and oh, I not, feel not. like that's what's going to hold them back. Or maybe they don't. Maybe they keep Luke Walton. He gets fired midseason. They get some guy who got fired, and he brings him to the playoffs. I think that's definitely something. Yeah, that could happen. I mean, I'd want to. I'd want to say the Pelicans, but yeah, I, I guess I'll go. I'll go with the Kings because they're another up and coming team. They had honestly probably steal the draft um, in Tyrese Halliburton because he dropped all the way to twelve for some reason. He should not have dropped. I thought the Knicks should have took him. With their second, did they have a second pick? Well, they took they had Obi Toppin. They took Obi. I think they should have taken Halliburton. I think Halliburton was just a better player. Yeah, no. If they would have drafted Halliburton and quickly in the same same round, that would have been nice. Yeah, that would be that would be that would f- fix a lot of their issues actually. Yeah. Yeah, no. I I thought I thought Obi Toppin was a bad pick, but until he's only a rookie, so he may resurge next year. Who knows? 
Um, for me, out of the West, the obvious answer is like the Warriors, the Spurs. Like those are the obvious answers. Mm-hmm. But I truly think it's going to be the Timberwolves. Okay. And the reason I think it's going to be the Timberwolves is because when Anthony Edwards started playing better and D'Lo came back and Cat was healthy, they started winning games and they were learning how to win and they were playing like they were winners. They were the worst team. I mean, granted, they were the worst team. They were 15. They moved to 13. Fine. But they just looked better. They looked better. I think Chris Finch is a good coach for them. Mm -hmm. I think he can. And they have a lottery pick this year. So they're going to have a top pick. They're going to have another top young player. They're going to have Cat, who can hopefully stay healthy. They have D'Lo, who can that, win. That's the thing, is they never they never do stay healthy. And there's always optimism for the Timberwolves until the like second week of the season. And then something always happens to them. They're that team that just has shit luck, I guess you can call it. They've something been, always happens to them, and they just never I don't know. I just think they well. look... I just think they're better than the Rockets. I think they're better than the Thunder. I think they're better than the Kings. I, and I, I think they can give the Pelicans a run for their money. I really do. I don't think the Pelicans. I mean, I think the Pelicans are kidding themselves. I don't. I don't think they're that your their young team is the greatest. I also think like their coach Van Gundy is a coach that's He's supposed awful. to. I, but, I do. I've watched a lot of Pelicans games this year, and he is a bad coach. But they brought him in because he was the. He's the kind of coach that gets young talent and makes them and and gets the young talent and brings it out of them. Mm -hmm. Like like the Orlando uh, Magic when they went to the finals, he was the coach. Like, he's not a good coach when they have a, an established team. He's a good coach for building. So I thought they would be a lot better. I, I don't know. I just think the Timberwolves have a lot of good pieces. I think Anthony Edwards, if he can consistently stay good, he'll they'll be good. I think if D'Lo can consistently just be great, they'll be good. If Cat – Cat – I almost said Cat Williams. Hmm. If Cat can, can continue to play like an all-star, then they – and they're learning how to win and they're young. All they need is another piece to the puzzle. They have some guys on the bench that can play. So I think it's definitely the Timberwolves. I want to say the Kings, but they're hiring Luke Walton again, who is a bad head coach. He is. I mean, De'Aaron Fox is pretty much carrying that team at this point. You have to – I mean, you got to rely on Hallie Burton. Buddy Heald doesn't want to be there anymore. Like, they have depth. They have a lot of young guys. It's just that, like, I just don't think their coaching staff yeah, is Yeah, like on paper, they should be better with De'Aaron Fox – Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, Dellen Wright, Who's Rashawn the... Holmes, Holmes. Uh, Whiteside, and Harrison Barnes. Like, that should be a playoff team. That should be competing for a 7-8 seed. Yeah, but easily. They just they can't get it together, and I, I don't know what it is. And I've been asking yeah, for the last I mean, year. They had the worst defense in the league last year, I mean, so that's definitely... I just think to me, I think the Timberwolves can be the team that shocks everyone. I don't. I think, I think the Thunder are still like two or three years out. I think the Rockets are another two, three years out. Yeah, um, and unless the Kings change their head coach, they're another couple of years out too. Um, and for the East, obviously the obvious answer is the Hornets, the Pacers. Um, I mean, I guess would you consider the Raptors the obvious answer too? Oh, easily. Okay, yeah, so they just, they had a bad year. They were they weren't able to play in Toronto. I mean, I guess the only team that I can really say is the Cavaliers. I mean, because if you look at everything else, like I don't think the Pistons are very good. Yeah, the Pistons are bad. The Magic are going into a heavy rebuild. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bulls, I think they're going to lose too much for them to go back. Yeah, they're probably going to lose Levine in the offseason. I think so. I think they're going to lose too much for them to even compete again. Um, and then the Raptors. I mean, the Raptors, I think, okay, I would say the Raptors. And the reason I'm going to say the Raptors, I'm not going to say the Raptors because it's the easiest thing. I say the Raptors, and I think the Raptors will be the three, the, a top three seed next year. That's why, because I think they're making such a big jump. Okay. 
Um, that's the reason why I'm going to say them. Yeah. They played on the road all year. They didn't play. They didn't have home games. They played on the road all year. Um, a lot of their guys got hurt. Nick Nurse saw they weren't doing anything, so he sat at their guys. They're important guys. Yeah. I just think that they don't have any more big men. They're con- they're playing way too much small ball, which is hurting them because Pascal Siakam is not a center. Mm-hmm. He's a better power forward. Um, I, for the love of God, I don't know why they're not playing Boucher. I really don't know why they're not playing that guy. He puts up numbers when he plays, and he's a power forward slash center. Like mm-hmm. they have a lot of good power forward. They have, they have probably some of the best forwards in the NBA. They have Kyle Lowry, who has a lot of issues, and the, you know they don't want him there anymore. Yeah, he'll be gone after this year. Van Vliet's good for them, but he's not a point guard. He's a he's a better shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just there's 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 a lot of question marks with them, but there are a lot of easy question marks that they can fix. Yeah. So, I'll say the Raptors, and I think they'll be a top three seed. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are really it. Um, and, by the way, congratulations to my co-host here, Mr. Anthony, for winning the NBA, our free NBA league in fantasy basketball. Yep, it took a lot of hard work, but yep. I did it. Yeah, it took a lot of hard work and praying that Jokic I, I can, would do. I can, always win, I can always win free leagues, but then when it comes to the paid leagues, I am dog shit. Yep. We know. Trust me. I'm in a paid league with you. Yeah, yeah. no. So, congratulations. Uh, I mean, do you remember your team? You can maybe read off some of your players, your key players. Uh, yeah, well, Jokic was obviously the... I mean, uh, the man, the myth, the yoke. Yeah, Jokic was the big one. I had Brandon Ingram, uh, Bam Adebayo, DeMontis Sabonis, Malcolm Brogdon, Fred Van Vliet. This is a 10-team league. Yeah. Uh, regular league. Regular head-to-head league. Uh, those, are, those are some of my bigger guys. I got Drew Holiday later, Gordon Hayward, who died. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I mean our trades, we traded, we both traded with one person in the league and and both of the guys we traded for completely just got hurt. Just got hurt. <laughs> they they didn't do anything for us. So we actually lost both those trades. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, so congratulations to you. Yeah. Um Thank you. Who would I guess would be your who's your top three fantasy players next year? So No particular order, just three. So three next year. I feel like you always have to go Damian Lillard. He's always a top three guy. Yeah, I got him at pick nine. Don't know how, but I got him at pick nine. Yeah, people people go off the rankings, and the rankings are what the rankings are. Rankings, bitches. There's a lot of that. Um, I mean, Giannis, you really can't discredit him. No. I mean, he was... Regular season Giannis is He good. was three or four this year. I don't remember which one, but he was ranked three or four this year. Uh, same thing with Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic every year is the Mavericks, so... Pick, so so pick him up if you can. Yeah, I mean, and we obviously see that Jokic is the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. No. There's. Uh, I mean, the three. My three best would probably be Dame. Dame's always really good. Yeah. And because I try to pick him every year, he's my my guy. So I always put him. Obviously, Luca. I mean, those are the obvious picks. Luca. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm, let's see another top three. I mean, Julius Randle is going to be a top five pick next year. I don't know about that one. I, I mean, he I played think, out of his fucking mind this year. No, I know. I just I think um, the Knicks are going to get more help for him. They're going to put more people around him. It's going to take away from his touches. And honestly, I think teams are going to guard him much better than they did this year. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put Randall as a top three. Trey Young, I can see being a top three. Yeah, Trey Young is under McMillan. Good. Yeah, I can see him being a top three. Um, I, I guess my biggest sleeper, if I today. Who's your biggest sleeper fantasy pick? Not including the rookies, obviously. Who's? I'm not a, telling you because I'm drafting them next year. Well, I'm not in the league next year. So yeah, but the, yeah, but everyone's gonna hear this. Oh my god, who cares? <laughs> just 
who's uh your biggest sleeper next year? It doesn't even have to be someone you would pick. Just someone you think can be good fantasy-wise. Someone I think could be good fantasy-wise. I mean, I think I have to go with a guy that I drafted very late who did very well this year, and that is uh, Bogdanovich from the – not from the Jazz, the, the Hawks. The Hawks. I got him in the second-to-last round, and he, he was injured for a time, but when he came back, he was averaging 40 to 50 points a game. I mean, you can't beat that. No, you can't. And he's not going to be – he's not going to be a top – top pick so i would definitely say bogdanovich i think for for me i think the biggest sleeper who i think can have a top 10 season next year um i think is going to be darius garland i think he suffered a lot of injuries this year i think he was fighting a lot of injuries but he mm-hmm. had top numbers i mean i had him on my team this year he he was you know he was always putting up great numbers uh he's a good rebounder he's a very good assist player um and he po- scores a lot of points and they're go- and the only way that these young guys on their team can go is up. I mean, they can't go any worse than what they are. So if that was an off season for him, I think Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, I'll even put them in the package. The Sexland, mm-hmm. I think that they'll be top picks next year. I think someone. I think they will have top ten numbers. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, just just to go over uh, real quick, I'm just going to go over the top five fantasy guys uh, from this year, and this is head to head. This, yes, this is head-to-head. This isn't Roto standard, or any, Standard point scoring. Yep, standard ESPN. by new ESPN uh, scoring system because it was new this year. Okay. So Jokic was number one. Russell Westbrook finished at number two. It's impressive. Luka Doncic finished three. Giannis was four. And surprise, surprise, Nikola Vucevic rounds out the top five. Yeah, Vucevic is always a great player. He's a good point scorer, and he's a, and he's a good uh, rebounder, and he's even a pretty decent passer. He's not a terrible passer. No, he's good. Uh, I, I don't really – I don't like him that much on the Bulls. Um, I think that hurts his stock a bit, but he was very good. Well, if Levine leaves, he's just going to make him even better. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But when – I don't know. Billy Donovan's the head coach there, and when he was in, in OKC, I mean – they didn't really idolize big men. Yeah, like Steven Adams did what he could, and he was very good for what they asked him to do. But and what I mean by big men is like centers, true centers, not like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's a big man, but not like a true big man. Yeah, I just I just don't like Vucevic on the Bulls. I don't like it. I, I think if Levine leaves, he's the only thing they have, so he's going to be the only point scorer. I think it'll be just like Vucevic on the Magic. Yeah, well, I know they're heavily targeting Lonzo in free agency, so if they get Lonzo... yeah. If they get Another Lonzo, it should take a little bit of his touches, but I mean, I still think, okay, he may go from a top five to a top seven. I really don't see him slipping too much. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably be the number three or four center mm-hmm. in fantasy next year. I can see it. Yeah. I can see. He's usually what, number one or number two? Him and Jokic usually fighting. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. This was a weird year. Uh, you know, Jokic finished number one, which is definitely a little weird. Yeah. But, all right, so, yeah, fantasy we'll get more into on Fridays. So uh, we're going to be putting out episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. And Fridays will be more of the fantasy day, so fantasy Fridays. So if you're into fantasy football, fantasy basketball, even fantasy baseball and fantasy hockey, we'll do our best to kind of answer questions and kind of help out in in your your league and how to kind of dominate your league. Because between the both of us, I mean, I think we have good enough 
wins and experience to kind of yeah. guide someone through. So yeah, definitely. And you know, obviously, we have people who are good, really good at fantasy. Um, we have a friend of ours, Hachu, who's good, so he's he's very good. He'll he'll put up, he'll be on here. Um, we have a we'll have some guests here, and so yeah, Fridays will definitely be our fantasy days. But um, that was a little bit of information that we had. So let's let's turn to. We talked a lot about the NBA. Yeah, and rightfully so. It is their playoff time. Yeah, I mean, it's the peak of the season for them. It's their yep. big box office, their big thing. Um, let's move to the NFL. Alrighty, Because the NFL has got to get some love. And you know it's not a first ballot podcast if we don't have the NFL involved. <clears throat> um, So, but actually, let's go to the news. Let's go to the news with you. So, the headlines coming into today, we have – Chris Paul from the Suns, I know, going back to basketball. But Chris Paul from the Suns, big key component to them during the playoffs and getting to the playoffs at the number two seed, uh, injured his shoulder yesterday. Now, he he went to the locker room twice because of it. It was clearly nagging him. Uh, he came back out and played, obviously, because it's Chris Paul. He's a warrior. But he's a son. <laughs> yeah, okay. But – uh. <laughs> No, he just did not. He did not look good when he came back from that injury. I mean, you could you could see if you watched the game, he was dribbling up the court and he wasn't really able to. I mean, he was the ball was kind. Of, he was losing his grip on the ball. The ball was kind of being poked out and and flying every which way. He did not have the control that he had, and he really he did not look good after that injury. So I'm very I'm very. Curious and nervous at the same time about how that injury is going to affect him. Well, th- this is classic Chris Paul. This is classic. Oh, oh, of course. This is classic. This like it does not get the script did not get any easier for this situation. Chris Paul has a great season. He turns a franchise around. They play really good. They get to the playoffs, and then when they need him the most, what happens? He gets injured. He gets injured. I mean, this is just Chris Paul. I mean, as much as I love the guy and I think he's a great player, this is always going to be the shadow on Chris Paul. Yeah, and if they lose to the Lakers, uh, I mean, if the Lake look, if the Lakers start heating up and get gathered, they're in trouble. If Chris Paul's hurt, they mm-hmm. are in trouble because they're going to go back to the to the whole ball. Devin Booker needs to carry them type thing, and that's not working. No, it's so, not. So it was good for Devin, Devin Booker carrying him for the game was good. Yeah, but not for a series. It's yeah, not going to yeah, happen. Him and him and Aiton did well, but I'm I'm a little nervous on Aiton. Once you know, uh, Anthony Drummond Davis gets and Davis, his shit together. yeah, get, the, exactly. get their shit together. Because yeah. uh, I haven't seen Anthony Davis miss in almost three years, and I saw him miss a ton of shots. So yeah, he, he played very poorly. Um, but in our second, our second headline, uh, Donovan Mitchell was still not cleared to play uh, for the Jazz. Another one of my fantasy players. Yeah, he um, he really wanted to play. He was going into the game thinking he was playing, and then the trainer told him no, and told the coach he was not cleared to return and the Grizzlies stole one from the Jazz uh in big part because Donovan Mitchell was not able to play. Well you figure this, right? They only lost by what, nine, eight, nine points? It was under ten? It, it was it was a close game for a majority of it, yes. I mean if Donovan Mitchell's in, they're clearly winning that game. Yes. I mean minimum Donovan Mitchell's putting up his twelve points, right? Yeah. So I mean that's what I mean, like <clears throat> yeah that that's a big loss for them. Yeah, it's it's just concerning because he missed 16 games at the end of the season and is now missing the first playoff game. It's a lot of time, and he he he. They got to make sure he gets right though, because he's yeah, the best player. Yeah, and it was not a it was not a fun injury. What was it? It was an ankle sprain or ankle something sprain. like that. Yeah, yeah, sprains are not fun. They, they no, are, and they nag. 
Yeah. They nag. Yes, so they do. you don't want it nagging. You know, God forbid they get to the conference finals or the finals. You don't want that nagging because that's. Yeah, I mean, the ankle sprain is what kept LeBron out all those all those days and weeks and months. When he was he more it. fortunate, though, because it was in the middle of the season and they were so far ahead that even if they started losing like they did, they still had a chance of making the playoffs. I mean, so did the Jazz, but I mean, they, they need yeah. Donovan. Yeah, no, they do. He's, he's too big a part for them. And then uh, just wrapping up the headlines here, the Colorado Avalanche, if you're into the NHL, have swept the St. Louis Blues in the first round for nothing, and we'll be moving on to face the winner of the Golden Knights and Wild Series. And then the Boston Bruins have eliminated the Washington Capitals in five games. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that I was not expecting that. I well, thought not only the Capitals would win that series, but... Be eliminated in five games. That was quite pathetic. That was quite pathetic. I mean, I'm a big Kings fan, and uh, they didn't really do much this year, so hockey was kind of a... Yeah, I'm a Devils fan, and we suck, so mm. once COVID hit, we, we were done. Yeah, that's how it works. How about anything on Julio? So on Mr. Julio Jones, we have... It came out that he demanded a trade a couple months ago, so Atlanta is looking to move him. Classic case of Atlanta wants more than he's worth, maybe. Uh, They're asking every team for a first-round draft pick, and nobody else in the league believes they're going to be able to get a first-round pick for Julio Jones. Maybe it's the contract because he's due $15 million. Maybe it's because he's old, he's injury-prone. I don't know, but whatever the case may be, he is demanding a trade. The Falcons want a first-round pick. Doesn't sound like they're going to get it. Um. So let's let's kind of segue into that. Julio Jones demands the trade. What are his best landing spots? Well, it's not the Dallas Cowboys, based on what we heard on Undisputed today. Yeah, no, he, he wants the win. Per, and per Julio Jones, by the way. This is not something they made up. It's per Julio Jones. Yes, he wants, he wants to win, and the Dallas Cowboys are not winners. Well, they never were. So, yeah, no, the best fits for Julio Jones? Yeah, yeah. I think... I think if you're a team that's a rece- obviously a receiver away, you obviously go for Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. I think the Colts are a great fit for Julio Jones. I think the Colts are the ultimate landing spot for him. I think they have the money for him. They I think they have, have the, the quarterback for him. They have the yep. best offensive line in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They have a top five defense. Like They are a good receiver away. Plus, they still have T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, he's, just, he's too inconsistent, especially if he's getting covered by number one corners. They erase him. And not even that, like they have Michael Pittman Jr., who's I think gonna be a stud. And I think if you learn behind Julio Jones, he should definitely be a stud. I think the Colts are a very good fit for him. Um, for me, the Colts are right; they're number one on the list. Like you can't do if you're Julio Jones, you can't do better than the Colts. Okay, maybe maybe not. I don't know who's your who's your teams. So uh, obviously, I had the Colts, but I also have the Titans because they lost. A lot of their pass catchers in free agency. They lost their wide receiver to the Jets. I think it was Corey Davis. Right. And they lost uh John U. Smith to the Patriots. So they're 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 lacking. Uh they're lacking a bit. So the Tennessee Titans uh could use him, especially if, if Julio's a good blocking wide receiver, because Titans They run the ball. I mean they have King they have King Henry. So yeah, so if Julio Jones can get out there and block a cornerback into the you know, into the bench area, then you'll be good. Uh, and my third team for Julio would uh, would actually be the Las Vegas Raiders. 
considering okay. their their wide receiving core is not great. It's young, it's not great, and they lost their leading receiver this year. Nelson Aguilar left. And the, yeah, the, I know the fact that he was a number one was crazy, but he was their number one receiver, and now he's gone. Derek Carr throws the ball a lot. He needs a target to throw it to. You can't just throw it to Darren Waller all all day long. And if you if you look up the stats of the Raiders last year, they actually ran the ball the least amount of times. Which is in the NFL. Un, which is un-John Gruden to them. Yeah, which is not right considering you have Josh Jacobs. But they ran the ball the least amount of times, which means that Derek Carr has to throw the ball. He's going to throw the ball. You need to get him a receiver. And what better than a humongous pass catcher like Julio Jones when you already have Henry Ruggs on the other side, who's the speed guy? Yeah. No, I, I think those are good ones. Um, I, I think... My top three. Who were your top three? The Colts, Titans, and... Colts, Titans, and Raiders. So I think my top three is the Colts, obviously, still. I think the Ravens are my other team. Yeah. I think the Ravens can use him, and especially if they had him and they have Hollywood Brown on the other side. And then they just drafted Bateman, who, again, can learn under Julio. And they have have Lamar Jackson, I mean, who you have to account for. So if they're double-covering Julio, they're going to have to account for Lamar running the ball. Um, So I, I I like the Ravens. And the other team that I like for Julio is Los Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. And the Rams are known for going to get guys that are, you know, want to leave their teams or don't want to be there anymore. They are known for going out and they will spend the first round pick for Julio Jones, especially because they're in win now mode. They just got oh, heavily. They're in win now mode. And what more win now mode than LA? Plus it's LA. Yeah. I mean, with all the things going on in Green Bay, I don't think you can argue that the LA Rams are a top two team in the in the uh, well, look at their receiving core. Who do they have? Any, uh, Who's they have? Cooper National. Cup. They have uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. They drafted Tutu Atwell. They did, yeah. Who's the Brandon Cooks role of the whole situation? Yeah. Um, they have the Vance Jefferson guy. Yeah. Van I mean, Jefferson. they they need a receiver. They need a receiver, and what better than Julio Jones? You have Matt Stafford, who you give him another sort of Megatron like guy. Yeah. And just sling the rock to him up high. That's what I mean. And then they can run the ball, and they have a good defense. I mean, I think those three are the best three teams for him. I wouldn't even discredit the Chargers. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't either. Him and him and Keenan Allen on the same team. Yeah, him and Keenan Allen. Um, I know the Eagles. I know just because I'm an Eagles fan, I can tell you, I don't think they're going to get Julio. But and they don't. They don't have, don't, the, cap they don't have the money. Well, if they trade after June, if they trade. This trade isn't going to go down until after June, mm-hmm. or it. I'm sorry, after day first day of June, okay, June first, because that's when the Falcons are scheduled to pay Julio. Got so it. if they pay him this year, whoever trades for him will not have to pay until next year. Okay. So if the Eagles or a team like the Eagles or Rams, who are salary cap hell right now, yeah. if they wait till after June first, they'll be able. They will. Baby, They'll basically be able to have him cheap and for free. Yeah, my my only problem with him going to the Eagles would be uh, he wants a winner, and I don't I don't think I don't the think they are, are going to compete this year. No, I mean, I think they'll de- they're in the NFC East. They'll definitely compete for the NFC East. I just don't think they're yeah the, that's, the that's winners the that he wants to be with as winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's the same as the Cowboys. Like they're going to compete in the East, but outside of that, what the fuck are they going to do? I th- I mean, I think I think the Redskins, I think the Eagles, and I think the Giants can all steal a game if they all made the playoffs. I think they could because it's just the fact that you don't know 
what you're getting out of Jalen Hurts. You don't know what this new coach is bringing. So I think they could – any one of those teams can steal a game. I just don't think the Cowboys will because they're just natural chokes. That's what they are. It is mm-hmm. what it is. We're going to call it what it is. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think the best three teams is Indy, Los Angeles, Ravens. I think those are the best teams. I think that's where he goes. I think he actually – I think he's going to go to the the Rams. Mm-hmm. I just think they're known for it, and if they can get him for free – they're gonna give. Up. I don't even think they have a first round pick. I think they couldn't even if they wanted to. Actually, they never they never keep theirs because they don't they don't like they value players over picks. Yeah, they, them them and the Seahawks are kind of the same in that at least the the higher picks. Yeah, no, that's fine. So yeah, I think those are my three. Um, I mean Julio Jones. Let's say let's say he goes to a team. He leaves the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Does his fantasy value get better or does it get worse? Depends on the team. <laughs> I mean, if he goes to the Colts. His value definitely goes up. Who else are the Colts throwing to? Carson Wentz has to throw the ball. Who's he throwing it to? He's I mean, that's true. He's going to throw it to Julio. Um, I think. I think personally, the best landing spots for him in fantasy would be the Colts, the Chargers, like we said. Yeah, because they're throw first offense. And if they were able to keep Aaron Rodgers, I would also say the Packers lining well, up. Alongside Devontae Adams, you can't double cover him. I don't even think they'd be able to do that. I, I just don't think they'd be able to do that. I think I know he wants. I, I don't well, think Aaron Rodgers is, is going to be fantasy. Per, this is just for oh, fantasy oh, purposes. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Assuming that Aaron Rodgers is there, you know, assuming that they could make it happen, I think the Packers would be a great spot for him. Aaron Rodgers throws the ball a lot. I know they just re-signed Aaron Jones, but you know the, they just lost the best center in the league to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. That offensive line is going to be a little suspect. I think they're going to have to throw the ball, and Aaron Rodgers can just throw it up. If he gets in trouble, if he's about to get sacked or whatnot, just throw it up to Julio. I think I think his best fantasy value, if he – okay, so I'm going to put it as either he stays in the Falcons or he goes to any of the three teams that I chose. I think his best fantasy value is either, believe it or not, the Colts or the Rams. And I think it's both of those because Matthew Stafford is known when he's in trouble to throw it to his best receiver and the guy who can just go throw it in general. Yeah, and the guy who can go get it. And who is that guy? Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be Robert Woods. They're all see the Rams. I don't. I just the Rams are all about scheme. They're all about timing. That's what they are. Yeah. So Matthew Stafford, when he gets in a bind, he's not just going to go off the scheme, and the timing. He's going to throw it to his best receiver. So, and that's the case. I think it'll be – I think the Rams, if he goes to the Rams, would probably be his best value, fantasy value. And I think Baltimore would be the third, but I don't think it'll be by that much. Yeah, I'd just be a little nervous if he went to Baltimore. I don't know. They're a run-first team, so he's not yeah. going to – Yeah, no, I, I don't think that. I think I think the Rams is probably his best fantasy selection. Yeah, I would also add the Raiders in there just because how little they run the football. Yeah, but you know that John Gruden's gonna they're gonna have to turn that around at some point. They're gonna have to run the I, football. I just think John Gruden's a bad coach. I just think he's out of touch. I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's out of touch. And I think he's stubborn and he doesn't want to listen. Well, if, if that's the case, then that would make him a bad coach. If he's out of touch and stubborn and not I, But see, I, I think he's still he got the coaching there because he's getting I mean the, the they haven't looked terrible in mm-hmm. both years that he was there. They weren't terrible. They play they love him. I, I just think he's out of touch. He's been out of the league for so long. You know, I just I don't think it's all there mentally, at least I don't I don't think it's all there, but so I mean I guess if we have Julio, we have Julio going to a different team. 
let's let's get into the draft, right? Because a lot of teams drafted receivers, and they have guys that they drafted last year and this year. So let's get into the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, now that Julio's on the market, say a team that, you know, like we said, um, like an Indy who didn't draft a receiver, yeah, maybe goes and gets him. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about free agency and draft. Who who do we think is the best free agent picks? And then we'll move to the best draft picks. So who do you think is the best free agent pickups that happened this year? Hmm. Well, I think the Patriots did really well mm-hmm. in free agency. Uh, John o. Smith was a really big need for them, and they were able to grab him. I think they overpaid for Hunter Henry. I've never really been a believer in Hunter Henry because he's kind of injury prone. But John o. Smith was a really good one for them. Um, I mean, would you say the Rams? They they went out and got an upgrade at quarterback. They dumped Jared Goff and got Matthew Stafford, who has always been a really good player on a really bad team. Yeah, but he never really has shown me that. But he I, he just doesn't fit them systematically. He doesn't fit them. He's the better the quarterback. He's the better quarterback, no doubt. Yeah. I just I don't think he fits them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's the problem. Yeah. Um. Speaking of quarterbacks, since there were so many moved this offseason, I would also say Carson Wentz to the Colts. I think that's a good one too. Colts filled big need with that one. If Carson Wentz can just stay healthy. I mean, that's always been a big question, though, and, and I don't know. And kind of get out of his own head. Well, he will be. Now that he's in a completely different team, he's back with Frank Wright. I mean, he doesn't have Jalen Hurts sitting behind him, breathing on his neck. Like, I think he'll be, he'll be out of his head, definitely. I hope so, because I like Carson Wentz. I think he's a little bit of a crybaby, but I like him. Um, so, I guess for me, my biggest – my best free agent signing has to be Joe Thune to the to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Chiefs are already really good. Yeah, they were they were just an O line away from winning the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, um, I, and I think they addressed that. They got the guy from Baltimore, right? They got the guy from Baltimore too. Yeah, yeah, the tackle Orlando Brown. But I mean, Thune is under thirty, probably one of the best guards in the NFL. Guards are hard to find now. Yeah. Best guard in the NFL. One of them, at least. And he goes from New England to Kansas City. And he goes to Andy Reid, who historically gets O-lines very well. Mm-hmm. So I think Thune was the best was the best one. Uh, another underrated, and this is another offensive lineman, another underrated one was definitely Corey Lindsley mm-hmm. for the Chargers. Yeah. The best center in the NFL. Stati- statistically the best center in the NFL. And he goes to the Chargers, who have a young quarterback and a really good offense. Yeah. Young offense. I think I think that was a great signing for them too. Yeah, and definitely. I think the worst signing, even the John Johnson one for the Rams, that was a good, for the Cleveland Browns, that was a good one too. The the safety, mm-hmm. that was a very good one. I think the worst free agent signing, I think the worst free agent signing was the Trey Hendricks to Cincinnati. I I don't I just nothing about that. Nothing about that pick or that pickup really screams, oh, my God, this was so good for them. Mm-hmm. Like, he was pretty good on the on the Saints, but he was never the number one. Like, he was never getting double teams. Now he's going to go to the Bengals, who don't really have an edge rusher, and he's going to get a bunch of double teams. I just, I don't know. I don't think Hendricks was, was worth all that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, how about... Let's see. How about uh, draft? Is there anybody in the draft that you really liked? 
um, some picks that you enjoyed? So the draft was definitely weird this year because of all the lack of scouting you were allowed to do because of COVID. You couldn't mm-hmm. really send your scouts where you wanted to. You couldn't have as many and whatnot. Um, but there were there were a couple of teams who stood out for me. Obviously, the Jets. Uh-huh. Uh, they were able to trade Darnold. They were able to draft their future quarterback at pick number two. And really moving back up into the first round and getting that lineman. AVT? A, yeah, exactly. That is a huge, huge improvement for them. Yeah, they have him and Malachi Beacon, as I call him, on the left side. Yeah, exactly. And the uh, the new GM of the Jets straight up said it. He was like, we we have to do better. You know, like when the last regime... Sorry about that. When the last <laughs> regime drafted Sam Darnold, they did not help him. They gave him absolutely no help whatsoever. So I'm glad they backed it up by not only drafting Zach Wilson, but trading back up into the first round to get this offensive lineman. And then and in the second round, look what they did too. Yeah, I mean, they're really uh They got Elijah Moore, a receiver. Yeah. Definitely they're they're trying. I, I gotta, you know, credit where credit is due, they're trying. Um. Yo. Um. Hmm. What else do we have here? I'm a little. I'm a little confused on the Giants' pick. I, I know you've you've been explaining it to me, but I'm a little baffled that they would take a receiver when they don't need a receiver. When there's there's much more pressing matters on the Giants than receiver. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was a smart pick. I really didn't. Um, at first, I thought it was smart, and then the more I looked at it, I, I realized it really wasn't a smart pick. It was smart to get all those picks by trading. Yeah. I just don't think it was smart to draft the receiver at that pick. I thought that they had bigger needs, and there was a lot better guys there. Um, like, for example, the, the tackle that the Vikings got was there at 20. Uh, mm-hmm. The guy from Virginia Tech. Oh, <clears throat> uh, let's see his name. Christian Darisaw. Oh, I thought yeah. I thought was a really good pick that would have been there for them that I thought they needed because they needed offensive line and they could have had him at left and they could have put Thomas at right. Yeah, I, I think that was more important. Um, I think that defensive linemen they really don't have a lot of pass rushers, so I think taking like Kiwiti Pay at that pick would have been really good for them. Um. Uh, also, you know, corner. Oh wait, no, they have they they signed Adoree Jackson and they have they have Bradbury. So I think they were good on corner mm-hmm. linebackers. I mean, there was even linebackers that they could have taken. I just I just think it that just they didn't jumped feel the like gun. a pressing need. Yeah, they jumped the gun, and I think they had more. They're needs. they're so focused on Daniel Jones. They they really wanted this to be his make or break year so much so that they're just they just drafted another receiver, gave it to Daniel Jones, and was like here do better. Yeah, and to be fair, if he doesn't do better, then they know they don't have their guy in there. Oh, yeah, it's obviously all on him if he doesn't perform this year. it's it's If the team is not successful, it's Daniel Jones' fault. Um, but even – even in, there were a couple questionable picks, and I don't know if it was because of the lack of scouting or, or whatnot, but the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Travis Etienne. Was, That's stupid. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. That was a panic button pick. Yeah. That was a panic button pick because who look who went right before him. Najee Harris. Najee Harris. That was a great pick. No, it was a great pick. But what I'm saying is like 
in the NFL especially, too, when you draft somebody, like Najee Harris went before, right? So a team that needed a running back would have drafted ETN in the first round because the because the market has now been set. Mm-hmm. They, you know, the, the running backs. And now there's not many running backs in the draft. Um, that's why I think they went with ETN. And because, you know, Trevor Lawrence is there. But I think that was a dumb pick. Yeah, unless they really don't believe in James Robinson. I mean, I don't know why. The guy is an undrafted free agent, had over a thousand, over 1,200 yards. Yeah. I mean, like, like he's good for what they did. They need him to do. I just, I don't understand the pick. Um, I think there was a lot better things. There was a lot more needs that they had. That's yeah. both the Jaguars. They're the worst team in the NFL. There was a ton of needs. Like, there was Bateman that they, they could have got. There's Greg Newsom that they could have taken. There's... Um, Gregory Rose, that was uh, wherever I don't know how to say his name, but yeah, I, there I was, know what you mean. There was too many guys that they could have taken there that would have fit a whole bunch of needs, and they just decided not to do that. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, um, no, I, I guess for me the the best, my best picks of the draft were um, Penny Sewell to the Lions. I think it was a great pick. Yeah. Couldn't screw it up. Literally, there was they. They say there's one Hall of Famer, there's one surefire guy, and it's him. And they took him. Mm-hmm. I think that was a great pick. I think the J.C. Horn pick was a great pick. Yeah. Uh, they needed J. They needed a corner, and he's the best one in the draft, in my opinion. Um, I thought that the uh, where's that? I just said it before. The Darisaw pick at twenty three for the Vikings was a fantastic pick. Yep. Um, he shouldn't have been. The Chargers, uh, Rashawn Slater. Yeah, the Chargers needed a needed a lineman. Great pick. Um, even like even like the Washington football team, the J- Jamin Davis pick, really good. Loved it. Um, and, and of course, I got a you know the the Devonte Smith pick is they needed they needed a receiver, they needed a top guy, they got it. Yeah, no, Loved that was pick. good for them. Um, the worst picks, in my opinion, um. I don't think Jamar Chase necessarily was the worst pick. I don't think it was the need. It, yeah, it wasn't the need. That that's the problem. Is it wasn't. He's a good player. He's going to be a good player. It just wasn't what Cincinnati needed. No, they need a lineman. They should have went with Sewell. They should have because Joel. Uh, Joel. Because Joe Burrow's <laughs> need is knee is just going to be collapsed again. Yeah, and I mean you're in a division with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cleveland who can, all pass rushers. Exactly. So that poor kid is going to be getting killed out there. Yeah, and which sucks because he's talented. Oh, he's very talented. It's just that they the organization sucks. Year. Um, I thought the Cowboys pick was not a very good pick. Um, I know they traded back, and that was smart of them to trade back. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Parsons is the best pick for them. I think their biggest need was defense, but more importantly, it was corner. And the corner that they took in the second round was a guy who. Has a lot of character issues. A very good player. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of character issues, and so if he can't get them straight, then he's going to have an issue. And as we've seen from Mike McCarthy teams, Eddie Lacy character issues. He was out. He was good for one year. He was out. They, you know, they're not exactly the most disciplined teams. So no, they don't seem disciplined at all. And when you look at the draft, or when you look at a defense, right? When you draft, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like when you look at the offense. You usually start. You usually start from the inside out. So the defensive line to the corners. So okay. it goes defense, uh, corners are defensive line and corners are the two picks because those are the two most important picks on defense. Mm-hmm. And then it can go safety and linebackers usually the last one, unless it's a pass rushing linebacker. Linebackers usually the last one, and they took Parsons, who's yeah is good, and I think he'll be really good for them. But he didn't fix anything that they needed. They still can't 
cover anything. Mm-hmm. They still can't stop a nosebleed. So, like, it just it was a bad pick. Um, the Xavier Collins pick, that was another one. He's a good player, but, like, again, wasn't their biggest need. Their biggest no, need was pass rusher. Yeah. And they got a linebacker who's going to play inside. The Las Vegas Raiders, I mean, it was a good pick for what they needed, but just they took him way too high. Don't understand it. Yeah, they valued him a lot higher than everyone else in the league. Um, I thought that I thought that Tennessee had a good one with Caleb Farley. I yeah. mean, you know he's injured, but taking him at 23 or 22, you, you they projected him as a top 15 guy. Yeah. They took someone. The Najee Harris pick was great. Um, the Newsom pick was a steal. Mm-hmm. That Greg Newsom pick was a steal. He shouldn't have even been there. And, yeah, I mean, Green Bay, Stokes, wasn't even supposed to be a first-rounder. They, they took a little bit of a chance on him. Yeah, I think they were just so scared after what happened to them against the Buccaneers in the conference championship when any corner not named Jahir Alexander was getting burned. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I really like – oh, and the, uh, the Bears, Justin Fields. I like that they went up and got him. They no. needed a quarterback. They needed to make a move. They needed someone to spark that, that offense. That was great. And I think that was the best pick they could have did. It should uh, convince Allen Robinson to stay. It might. It's a domino effect. Yeah. It's a domino effect. It's going to keep people's jobs. It's going to keep people on the roster. It's a good. It's. It was a great pick. It was, I think, my, probably one of my favorite picks of the round. Yeah, because Pace and, and Nagy really needed that. They really, they're, yeah, their jobs are on the line. They're, <laughs> Point blank, their jobs are on the line. Um. Okay, so... I guess let's just go teams now. What team out of the draft and free agency? Who is your two or three winners and who are your two or three losers? Completely from the draft. Just no, 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 no. From free agency, oh, free agency and, and the draft and trades and just things like that. Okay. So my one winner would be the New York Jets. Yeah. Again, their their draft was just too good, and even a free agency. They, like I said, they got the receiver from the Titans, so Corey Davis. Yeah. So they're already surrounding their their number one pick overall, or number yeah, their first pick overall, Zach Wilson with talent. They're already doing him much. They're better doing it the right way. Yeah, they're, they're building doing from so the inside much out. Better than than Sam Darnold did. Um, the Panthers too. The Panthers were winners. They had a good draft. Yeah. They got Sam Darnold. So as long as they can, as long as they can fix Darnold and and all that, but again, they are in a that team is in a much better scenario and situation than the Jets were when Sam Darnold was there. So you know you're hope you're hoping for the kid. They've got a ton of talent, and he gets Robbie Anderson back. Yeah, right. Um, so they're they're definitely a winner. Go three teams from the three two teams from the NFC winners and two teams from the NFC losers, and then same thing for the AFC. Um, for me, I guess my two, my winners, my winners from the NFC, Chicago Bears, definitely a winner. Yep. They're, they're definitely one of the winners. Um, they got really good acquisitions in free agency. They did a really good job in the draft getting, getting fields and a tackle. And that tackle, and they were able to keep Allen Robinson with yeah. the franchise tag. Yeah. They, they, to me, did a really good job. I think the Bears were definitely a winner this offseason. And the other winner, I would say, of the offseason is the San Francisco 49ers. Um, they're getting all their guys back. Um, they're getting healthy. They drafted a quarterback that's not a turnover machine. So and fits their system well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought and and you know they're getting Bosa back. They're getting a lot of their injuries back. And they did some and they kept Trent Williams, which they needed to do. And George Kittle and they did a great job. To me, they did a great job. I'm not going to say the Cardinals 
I'm not going to say the Cardinals. I want to say them because I think they did do a really good job in free agency by getting a bunch of players to help Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, let's face it. Their draft was a little suspect. And as their free agency did really well, they're drafted really bad. So I I just don't think the Cardinals are there. You took mine with the Panthers. I thought the Panthers had a really good one. And uh, my two losers from – my two losers were the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys did bad. I think they didn't really get anybody in free agency that solidified their defense, and I thought their their draft was just a bunch of, yeah, they're really good, but they have a lot of character issue guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I I thought... I thought the Saints had a really bad one. I thought the Saints were bad, too. I didn't think yeah. I don't think they did anything to help their team. I think, if anything, they got progressively worse. Yeah, I would agree to that. Yeah, I don't think the Saints really did anything. Um... I feel like the Browns always always look good in the offseason. They always do well. Well, now they have competency in the front office. Yeah, that's they, the, that's they got, the difference. They got Jadavion Clowney. They got uh, Greg Newsome. And they got um, they got somebody else, too. In free agency? Somewhere. Oh, they oh, took they a got jock. That, they got – no, and – well, yeah, but even in the um, the draft, they got that linebacker in round two who slipped. Jock. Jock. Oh, Jeremiah always eats something. I just call him yeah. Jock. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he slipped apparently because he had something with his heart. But let's be honest. That's not going to affect him in any way. The doctor said it's not going to affect him in any way. It's just another excuse. But, yeah, I really I really like that pick they got in the second round. Yeah, I, I thought the Browns won. I thought the Bills did really good in free agency in the draft. I thought the Browns did really good. Those are my winners there. Um, I thought I thought the Broncos did good. They didn't really fix their key piece of quarterback, but... Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater's not the answer, and I don't think they should have traded for him. But I guess if they didn't, then they probably would have drafted Justin Fields. I think, they're, I think they're, this, their thinking was they believe in Drew Locke, but in case something happens to Drew Locke... That or they're really... Excuse me, they're really in on Aaron Rodgers. Maybe. Maybe that also could be it. I thought the Colts did really well again. They got Carson Wentz. They filled their biggest need. They got pass mm. rushers. I thought the Colts won... Jaguars, they did some good things, some bad things. The Chiefs, I thought the Chiefs, they always do good. Yep. Um, the Chargers were definitely winners, boasting mm-hmm. that offensive line. The Dolphins always I feel, Yeah, do I good. feel like every year it's it's the same couple of teams who do really well in the draft. Guys like the Browns, guys like the Chargers. At least in recent recent memory. Right. Who always do very well. Biggest losers, um, I think the Bengals were losers. I thought their free agency signings were bad. I thought that their draft picks didn't help. Yeah, I think they just they signed team. a ton of offensive linemen and are just hoping that some pan out. I think I think That's they never went, the way of doing. They things. went quantity over quality. That's never the way of doing things. I would rather go in on one guy who you know is going to be a surefire thing than hire six guys who you know may may be one of them is good. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, the Texans I thought were awful. I thought everything they did was awful. Yeah, the Texans. Uh, they should they just look, move to a different city and change their name because they were so bad. <laughs> they look horrendous, whether it's the draft or free agency. They're going to lose Deshaun Watson, and they are they are one of two teams next year projected to lose every game. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think – I think that they are just a bad team. I think they're the worst team in the league. I don't even think it's close. Yeah. I think they're the worst. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that covers kind of the offseason stuff. So, I guess let's kind of reiterate what we said. The most improved team. Who do you think is the most improved team? A team that was bad or mediocre or anything that you think that can either get to the playoffs or get to the Super Bowl. Who is a team that is just the most improved? They did everything correctly. 
Man, so the most improved team. They did everything correct. They did no nothing bad this year. This year. It's not even nothing bad, but you know, I, I know, I know what you mean. I really do feel like the Niners should be that team. I, I know it's kind of an obvious choice, an obvious, but yeah, uh, they're they're getting healthy. They finally have a quarterback for when Jimmy Garoppolo inevitably goes down. That run game is always going to be that run game. I don't know. I mean, I would have to go with them, but. I also I really I like what the Panthers did. I don't I don't know that much about Matt Rule, but if there's any team who should make a leap this year, it should be the Panthers. They, they have, have a quarterback. They have a quarterback. They got significantly better and their division got worse. Aside from the Bucks, the Saints got worse. They the lost a Hall of Famer who I know he always kind of choked in the postseason, but the regular season they were the team to beat. They the really Saints. don't have a quarterback. They have a turnover machine and a running back playing quarterback. Yeah, and the Lions are or not the, the Lions. The yeah, the Falcons. They're about to lose a Hall of Fame player too, and Julio. Yeah, and Matt Ryan's aging. I I know they got uh, Arthur Smith, uh, Kyle Pitts, but that's not gonna completely solve everything for that team. They still no. have no defense. No, their defense is still atrocious. Yeah, so to me, the team who should be making the biggest leap next year is the Carolina Panthers. But I would also say that the Chargers. Chargers, to me, have no excuse to finish under 500. No, they're they're definitely one of the most improved teams. If you're going to go AFC and NFC, they're definitely the AFC's most improved team. Obviously, the obvious answer for San Fran is, is San Fran. Uh, they're the obvious Answer. I, I think the most improved team in the NFC, I think, is the Bears. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think that they kept everyone they needed to. I think that they got pit players that they needed. Yeah. I think that they bolstered their offensive line, which was a big problem. And I think that they got the quarterback of the future, who I don't know why was dropping. He shouldn't have even been outside of the top 10, but they got him. Yeah. And I thought they made a good trade to go get him. I thought that they definitely. Uh, made themselves better. I also think the Vikings did very well too. Mm-hmm. They're always an under a ra- under the radar kind of team. They oh, I think they did good. They bolstered their offensive line, which is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, their corners are going to get better. They were young. I just and the most disappointing team in the the most disappointing team in the NFC for me. I mean, besides the Falcons, they're definitely a disappointment. The Saints were a disappointment. I think the Seahawks were a disappointment. I don't think they did anything to get any better either. I don't think they did anything fantastic to get them. I think they're worse today than they were two weeks ago. Yeah. The only reason why they're not horrible is because they have Russell Wilson. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, no, I, I think the Seahawks didn't do themselves any justice. And if the in the AFC, I think the most improved team, I, I'll agree with that, is the... Uh, actually, no, just for, just for argument's sake, I'll say the Colts. The Colts. Like, I think the Colts. The Colts got. I mean, they were already eleven and five last year. They were, they, but they got the guy who can take them from being eleven and five in a first round out to maybe thir- thirteen and three and a Super Bowl contender. I agree with the first part. I don't agree with the second. I think that they could. I think if Carson Wentz stays healthy, I think that they definitely can be. I just think that's too big of an if. It, it always has been. Always will be. Yeah, until they prove it wrong. But I've, as an Eagles fan, I've seen what Carson Wentz can do. I know the kind of talent he is. He's a talented quarterback. Yeah, he is. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's definitely – they're definitely a top-five team in the league. Yeah. No no doubt. And Just I'm, solidifying that receiver would be so nice for them. Because even last year in the playoffs, Phillip Rivers played really well. They didn't lose that game because of Phillip Rivers. They no. lost that game because the 
the pass catchers kept dropping the ball. It's the only reason they lost to the Bills. Which is another thing that Carson Wentz is going to have to overcome because he had a lot of pass drops. Yeah, so to me, I mean, if you're the Colts, you got it. You got to heavily pursue Julio, right? Like, it's just, it's a match made in heaven, right? You like, kind of have to. I mean, you really don't have a choice. Yeah, like, you need that reliable guy in the playoffs who's going to catch passes. Yeah, and even if Carson Wentz goes down, who's their backup? Is it Brissett? And it's not Brissett. He's on Miami. I think he left. Yeah, I don't Miami. even know. I don't know who their backup is. Oh, I think it's. Uh, oh my god, they drafted him from Washington last year. What's his name? Oh my god, not Jacob Eason. Is it Jacob Eason? I might think it is Jacob Eason. Oh, it is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean they drafted him. They they figured they can use him as a backup. I don't know. I think if you get Julio Jones, it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. If you have Frank Wright, I think they could be okay. And I think the biggest disappointment is. I mean, the Texans is the obvious answer, but I'm not going to say the Texans. I think the biggest disappointment for me is the Tennessee Titans. Really? I do. I think I think that they lost their guy who kind of revived their quarterback, who kind of made their offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think their defense got any better because they're they have a corner who's injured who's not going to be playing for the first month of the year. Then they got they got Bud Dupree who is okay. He's not. They paid him like top value, and he's he only, not he top only value. Had like one, maybe two good years. Exactly, in like he really wasn't. It took him a while, um, but I and they lost too much on offense. I can agree with that, but I have another team. I think the Miami Dolphins are going to be significantly worse this year. I don't. I think their division got much better. I don't think Tua is that good of a quarterback for them. Yeah, I'm also not the Tua train either. Uh, yeah, and I they finished. 10 and 6 and we're the the first team out of the right. playoffs. And they lost Ryan Fitzpatrick in free agency and I think that's going to hurt them. I think Miami fans already know how much that's going to hurt them cuz when they were in a bind last year, they went to Fitzpatrick and he was able to bail them out. And then what happened the very last game of the regular season, Fitzpatrick was hurt. He wasn't able to play. They had to roll with Tua, and they got stomped by the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. So, I think the, I think the Miami Dolphins are going to take a huge step backwards this year. I don't think they should. I think they have a good defense. I think they drafted good players. Should they? No, but will they? I think so. I it all. I think it all rides on Tua. Of course. I think it all rides on Tua. Too important. I think it all. If Tua is average, they're going to be average. If Tua is good, they're going to be good. It it all. They all depend on Tua. See, at least with the Chargers, they know what they're getting. Mm-hmm. They Justin Justin Herbert. They know they're getting a good, a good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I just think the most disappointment. What did I say was the most disappointing team? Yeah. The Titans. Oh, the Titans. I just I think they and then and then they lost Corey Davis on the outside. They they have just yeah. AJ Brown. Yeah. I mean they didn't they didn't solic- they didn't get anybody to fill that position. So I think they got worse than what they were yes yesterday. Yeah, and they were they were pretty good. They were a pretty good looking team. I think they went from being an AFC contender. To an AFC wildcard team. Yeah, that's fair. They went from a team who could have consistently gave other teams a run for their money and could have made the the AFC championship game to a team that maybe may not even make it out of the divisional. Yeah. That's just what I think they are. Now not even out of the wild card like they, like they did this year. Okay, so we, we said with the teams, I guess those are the worst teams. What team is the most in trouble though? What team is just heading down a dark path? That they're just going to be. I mean, don't say the Texans because obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's the Texans. What's a team that's just heading down the wrong path? Like you can tell that maybe they might be good this year, 
or they might be decent this year, but they're just they're going down the wrong path. Like they're doing everything the wrong way. I can give you an example. If I, you like. I no, I I have my team, and it might be a little surprising, but I think it's the Green Bay Packers. Okay, I think they're doing everything wrong. I think you had the best, or maybe the top two quarterback in the league at the moment. He's He's just coming off MVP, and you just can't make him happy. You can't make him want to stay. Draft a fucking receiver in the first round, and they'll be happy. Just draft a goddamn receiver in the first round. Just do something. Like, this is embarrassing, that what the Packers are doing. I I get it. Some of the first-round picks have have been really good defensive players, but at the end of the day, you have to make Aaron Rodgers happy. You have to have him stay. Because without him, they're not even a playoff team. You're bad. You're really bad well, because without they're gonna, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, because you know Devontae, Devontae Smith. Devontae Adams is going to leave. Devontae Adams has already said if Aaron Rodgers does not come back, he has to heavily think if he wants to continue in Green Bay. Um, they really Their draft picks are very hit or miss. The 50-50 shot, which isn't great. They're completely strapped for cap. They have no money to go out and sign free agents. Every year they lose more and more free agents. And you still have to pay Aaron Rodgers' contract for the next two or three years, regardless if he leaves or not. So to me, the team who's in the biggest pile of shit right now is the Green Bay Packers. And honestly, I don't, I don't even think they're convinced on uh, Jordan Love. No, there's no way. I don't think they're convinced. No, I, I think they are now seeing the errors of their way in that draft pick. I think the team with the biggest, what just going down the wrong path, just doing all the wrong moves is... I think has to be by far the Seahawks. They're just doing everything the wrong way. Not even the Lions are doing things the wrong way anymore. Like the Seahawks are just... I don't think people understand how much Russell Wilson actually masks for that team. I really don't. Because if you take Russell Wilson off that team, they're a bottom team. They are not good. DK Metcalf is not what he is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, their offensive line is abysmal. Anybody that's not Russell Wilson is going to die under that <laughs> offensive line. No, seriously. We'll have, there will be a homicide. There has to be yellow tape around CenturyLink Field because there's going to be a fucking homicide. Yeah, it's going to look like another Joe Burrow incident. It's going to be bad. Not only that, but their defense, who which which Pete Carroll is known for his defensive philosophy, is always at the bottom of the uh, totem pole. Yeah, they ever since never- they lost the, the Legion... They, yeah. They've been. They can't kinda... get pass rushers. They can't get decent pass rushers. They had Jadavian Clowney, and they still couldn't get him right. Yeah. I mean, they their corners are an atrocity. I mean, they have Jamal Williams, but like they turned Jamal Williams into a great safety to a in the box type safety, which he could play more positions. And I just oh, I, Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. What did I say? Jamal Murray. Jamal Williams. Oh, Jamal Adams. <laughs> You know, I, I don't. I they're going down the wrong path. I think they're progressively getting worse, and I think Russell Wilson just he just stops. Yeah, and you too much bleeding. I wouldn't have thought of. And it he wants to leave you, too. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of it before you said it, but now that you've said it, at the Seahawks. Yeah, they are in. They're in for. They're it. trading all their draft picks in a in at a least, sport. At least they got a Super Bowl and two appearances before all this happened. But here's the thing: in, in see, in the NBA, this is what differs the NBA and the NFL. This is what I try to explain in the NFL. Draft picks are more important than players half the time because there's more players you can pick that can turn out to be really good. Plus, there's more individual positions. Mm-hmm. Whereas basketball, there's less players, and you want the players more than the picks because the players are more established. Whereas in the NFL, they're giving you studs in from yeah. college. In the yeah. NBA, they're giving you there's maybe one or two studs, and the rest are just like maybe they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. So they'll be role players. They they're going to be role players. So. 
to me, like, picks are the most important thing. And, okay, yeah, the Rams are doing it now, but the Rams also have a very good roster. Yeah. So for them to give up their picks, okay, it makes sense. And they're giving them up for young guys. The Seahawks are giving them up for old guys. They don't even use the guy correctly when they get him. And then they can't even use any picks to protect their quarterback. Yeah, like that Carlos Dunlap trade really didn't oh, work for Oh, my them. God, that was horrible. They just <laughs> they just are a fucking train wreck. They're a train wreck. And if it, I'm telling you, if it was not for Russell Wilson, they would not be cl- – they wouldn't even – So would, a couple of years from now, who's worse, Packers or Seahawks? Oh, I think it's, it's the Seahawks. At least the Packers have something going for them. Not if they lose Aaron Rodgers. What do they got going? I mean, if they lose Aaron Rodgers. They're still to pay that contract. But, you know, they're historically good at getting draft picks up. They still have a decent line. They still have a de- they still have Jair Alexander. They still have a decent defense. Not for long. Jair Alexander is a free agent after this year. They're going to resign they, him at some I, point. I don't know. I just don't know. They're very strapped for money. I don't know who they're Both teams be are strapped for money. Yeah, but the Packers, they'll have to make a decision between Jahir Alexander, maybe an offensive lineman. Look, at least the Packers have Jordan Love, who can at least is be, who at least is competent, right? Who do the Seahawks you have? You would hope, but who do the Seahawks know. have? Nobody. They don't have anybody. That's mm. what that's what I mean. Like, but the Seahawks are in a position where they can convince Russell Wilson to stay. All they have to do is draft. No, they're doing the same thing that the Packers, that Aaron Rodgers wants the Packers to do. Aaron Rodgers just wants them to draft receivers and give him help, mm-hmm. which, which I don't agree all that much. They say they haven't given him help. He claims they haven't, but I don't agree with that necessarily. They have Devontae Adams, who they drafted. They, they've always had decent receivers. Um, they have Tunyon, who's turning out to be really good. So, like, the Seahawks never draft linemen. They don't draft him. Mm-hmm. And if they don't trade for him, Russell Wilson's going to be consistently be running for his life. Yeah. There were so many linemen that the that the Seahawks could have could have gotten free agency. So many oh, yeah. linemen, they could have got Thune. They could have got Lindsley. They could. There's a whole bunch of guys. They could have traded for Brown. They they but they didn't. Yeah. So I think I think and if, unfortunately I think they're both in the NFC. Those teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides the Texans. Um, but yeah, I mean, even the Bengals they do all the wrong things too, and they don't look as bad as those two. Really? Yeah. So I think those are the two teams that are most. All right. So now we had some coaching changes. Every year we have coaching changes. In of the, course. In the NFL. Um, so we had some coaching, some different coaches who came in. I will read off the coaches. So we have the New York Jets getting Robert Sala. For people who don't know, defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Then we have Dan, I'll bite your knees off, Campbell. From that went to the Detroit Lions, and he was the tight ends coach for. Yeah, he, the he was uh, the principal from South Park. Yes, also this. he was. P, or, I'm sorry, PC Prince, PC principal Dan. I'll bite your kneecaps off, Campbell. Yep. Um, who went to the Lions? Then we have Arthur Smith, former offensive coordinator for yep. the Titans. Yep. At the Falcons job, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer. Everyone knows who Urban Meyer is. He was the. Uh, head coach for Ohio State, his first time in the NFL. The Los A- the Los Angeles Chargers to get Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator for the Rams. The Rams. Yeah. And Houston Texans, David Culley, who was the wide receivers coach for the Ravens, who had the worst wide ride receiving. Yeah, good luck on that one. And then the Eagles, my Philadelphia Eagles, took Nick Sirianni, the offensive coordinator from the uh, Colts. And those are really all the coach, coaching changes. I yeah, those are the those are the six. So out of all those six, I guess who do you think is in the best position to succeed? 
the best position to succeed, it has to be Brandon Staley, right? The Chargers? Because he's already getting a really good Charger team. Okay. I mean, what what do you have to do? Um, it doesn't have to be this year successful. Just successful in general. Who do you think will be the next successful guy? Like the top guy? Who I think will be top. I think Robert Sala is going to be a really good coach. But I think for right now, the best situation is definitely the uh, the Chargers. Okay, so he's the best situation. But who do you think will be successful? Who do you think is – who do, out of all those coaches is going to be successful? Robert Sala. You think Robert Sala? I do. And when you think that, you have to think about the team like you said. Yep. Think about team, well, roster, GM, and owner. Those are important because if those guys don't let you do what you want, then you're just going to be another puppet. Yeah, I still think it's going to be Robert Sala. I think he's going to bring a lot to the Jets. I, I think he's finally going to bring something that the Jets haven't had in God knows how long. I think they're re- I think they're going to be a contender eventually. Not now, but eventually they will be a contender. Mm-hmm. And I just think Robert Sala is going to be a really good coach. As much as I want to say Robert Sala and I want to agree with you, I have to go with my, my Philadelphia Eagles. And I have to say my new head coach. Nick Sirianni from the who Nick Sirianni who owl <laughs> Nick Sirianni the offensive coordinator from the Colts the Colts had no business being in a top ten offense last year they had no business having what are you talking about they had they had, no, they had no business being a top five offense no business they had Philip Rivers who was coming off more picks than in his career in one season they had no business being in the top ten. Yet, they do. A lot of it was Frank Wright, probably. But Nick Sirianni goes to all these different teams, and their quarterbacks look good. Matt, he made he was the head quarterbacks coach when Matt Castle went to his first Pro Bowl. He was the quarterbacks coach with Phillip Rivers. He was then the quarterback in well, San Diego. Then he was the quarterbacks coach here in Indianapolis and made Phillip Rivers look good again. And now he's going to the Philadelphia Eagles, and he's having – I think his best quarterback he's ever had in his career out of Jalen Hurts, which doesn't say very much, but I think he's having the best quarterback of his career. I don't know. Phillip Rivers was a Hall of Famer. Is a Hall of Famer. Okay, yeah, I'll give that Phillip Rivers then. Yeah, yeah. Phillip Rivers. Yeah, I'll give him <laughs> Phillip Rivers. Okay, so he gets the second best quarterback he's had. Um, I just – I think the roster – I think the Eagles roster is better than the Jets roster today. I think oh, it's better. Oh, oh, yeah, 100%. I think it's better than it is today. I think that the Eagles also have the easier division to make him look better. Mm-hmm. I think the Eagles also have the better GM to make him look better. And I think the Eagles have the better owner than Woody, I suck at everything, Johnson. Mm-hmm. So, because Woody Johnson cares about sales, nothing else. Yeah. Robert Sala is a hype guy who gets people hyped up. He will get sales. Zach Wilson. And so I just, I to me think Sirianni is the best fit and I think he's going to be the most successful and realistically the Eagles aren't the the organization if you look at all these organizations that had new coaches the Jets a dumpster fire always they've always been until they are until they aren't Mm -hmm. they're always a dumpster fire yeah Detroit dumpster fire yeah um the Falcons yeah I, I think me and you can both agree with most of the world in saying that the worst head coaching hire this year well yeah was definitely Dan Campbell what Oh, yeah. No, that was a horrible, horrible hire by the Lions. I d- highly disagree with that. Who do you think it is? I think it was David Culley. 
the, uh, the Texans will go, what the fuck? No, David Culley's bad, too. Who do you think you are? <laughs> They're both terrible, but no, Dan Campbell walking in an absolute fire. I mean, David Culley is, too. But I think Houston I don't even, is a better better landing spot for free agents than Detroit will ever will be. I I would actually even put Dan Campbell over Brandon Staley. No, I I would no way. I think just pure coaching. I think Dan Campbell is a better coach than Brandon Staley. Dan I, Campbell's a tight end coach. I still think. What he's the a, hell is he gonna do? Okay, and Mike Tomlin was a wide receivers coach. Look how he turned out. Dan Campbell worked with. New Orleans tight ends. Okay, you really? I I just I don't see it, man. I don't see it. I think I don't. Th- I think he's a guy who's gonna get them going. I think he's a guy that's gonna get them to where they want to be. I think he's gonna give them an attitude. I think he's gonna change them. I don't. I don't know who Brandon Staley is. He was maybe one year of a coach, and he already had a really good defense, and just all he had to do was not make the wrong call. Like he to me is just like yeah, another. But he's getting. He's getting not not the same level of defense with the Chargers, but he's still getting. A good defense with very good pieces. Oh yeah, today. Similar. Today, I think that the Brandon Staley hire was better because he's getting a better team. But overall, when it's all said and done, I think Dan Campbell will be the better coach. Period. I think no, it'll I, be, I definitely don't. Think I that. and I, I just, I think he will. I think that Brandon Staley has nothing to prove. I think that. I mean, I don't think he's proved anything to anybody that proves that he's a good coach. I don't think he's done anything great. Well, to be fair, none of these coaches have proved anything. What the fuck as, are you, what are being, you talking about? being a head coach, they haven't proved anything. Arthur Smith. Oh, Tur- okay, except for uh, Urban Meyer, because obviously he's been a head coach. Okay, he even in college, he's a totally different, totally different animal from the NFL. Okay, then then you agree. None Robert, these- Robert Sala was a great coach in, in the 49ers. Coordinator. He, yeah, coordinator. He's always had a great defense. Mm-hmm. Wherever he's went, whatever team he was on, he always had yeah, a great defense. Yeah, but head defense. coach is completely different. I mean, there are guys who are great coordinators, then they go to be a head coach, and they completely flop. Right, but it's also about leadership, too. It's not just about being a great coordinator sometimes. Sometimes it's just your leadership qualities. Sometimes okay. it's just about being a better leader, too, and being ready and having your team ready to go at any different time. Like... Bruce, yeah, Bruce. I, I think I think uh, Dan Campbell's personality is all he has going for him. I don't think he's going to be a good coach. And I think if people like, I don't think I don't think uh, the Packers head coach is a great coach. Head coach Matt Lafleur. If Rodgers leaves, we'll really get to see those true I, colors. I don't. I really don't think he was. I mean, look what he was in Tennessee. Their offense was worse than it was with Ro- Arthur, Arthur Smith, and he had the same personnel. Yeah. So I really don't think that Lafleur is the greatest coach. And LaFleur is a was a was a people will say a good coordinator. I think Dan Campbell's a better coach today. Or not today. I think actually, yes, a better head coach today than Staley. I just think Staley's in a better situation. Situation matters. Situation does matter. But as you said, with coach, GM, owner, everything matters. It does, but I also haven't seen too much out of Staley to say, oh my God, I think this guy's gonna be good. He had well. He was one year the defensive coordinator with a defense that was a top ten defense. That yeah, Wade but Phillips wasn't he built. wasn't he learning under um, Wade Phillips? Yeah, yeah, who was also a bad head coach in the NFL. So I mean, that's what I mean. Like I just I don't see it with him. I think that was the worst. I think that was the worst signing. I I, I think it was one of the worst. I think that they had so many options and so many guys who wanted to go there and they chose the wrong guy. Like they had the guy uh, from the Bills who wanted to go there. The Bull, his name was. Something like the that. The offensive yeah. coordinator? Yes. They had Brady who wanted to go there, the offensive coordinator for the the uh what's their names? The Panthers. Mm-hmm. And then they had and then they had him. 
I think he that was the worst pick, and they made the worst selection. I'm still a little just surprised. like they did with Anthony Lynn. I'm still a little surprised that Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach. I think Eric Bieniemy is not a head coach because I think Andy Reid told him. I to me, okay. So to me, if you look at all these jobs, I think the only good job was the Chargers job. The mm. Eagles, you could probably put, uh, uh, and the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Jaguars, the Eagles, in my opinion. But I think the best two were the Chargers and the Jaguars. Okay. Okay. If you're the Bull, or 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 if you're the enemy, if those two jobs are taken, you don't want to go to the Texans. You D- David Culley's going to be a transition coach. They're gonna they're gonna get rid of him when they get another quarterback, and they're gonna get another guy in to help the quarterback. Yeah. When they get rid of Deshaun Watson, that's what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Right. the The Falcons' job doesn't look that great because the defense is horrible, and yeah. they're historically not known for making great moves. So if you're the enemy, you're not gonna want to go there either. So I just don't think he got the two jobs that he wanted. So he said, "Where? Why would I go somewhere else to fail when I can stay in Kansas yeah, City?" Yeah, I don't, and look I don't good. think the I don't think the Jaguar job was available to anybody not named Urban Meyer. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think um, so either. Unless he said no, that I, I don't think that job was available to anybody. Those are the two guys, the two jobs I think that he would have went for, and I think because he didn't get them, I think the next best thing was to stay with Andy Reid. I felt like he could have got the Chargers one though. I felt like he could have too, but they didn't. So that's what I mean, though. But, but that's they, what but I mean. wasn't Staley one of the later, not latest, but wasn't he one of the later signings? He was. I think they signed. I think Smith was the first one. No, I don't know. I know Urban Meyer. Campbell was, was one of the first ones. Sala was definitely the first one. Sala was number one. Yeah, I think the last ones were the Eagles, the Chargers. No, the Eagles were no. They were it late. Was, the Eagles were late. Yeah, I'm picking on their head but, coach. But yeah. it wasn't – the Chargers weren't. The Chargers weren't as late as everyone thinks they were. Hmm. The Chargers still had the enemy, DeBole, Brady, and this Staley guy all on their radar. Yeah. And all those guys were waiting to get that job, and they chose the wrong guy because that's what the Chargers do. They, they have such good candidates because they always have such good teams, and then they wind up hiring a shitty guy who doesn't wind up – who has no experience, and they give him the job like they did with Anthony Lynn. Mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn had one experience of being the offensive coordinator, and then what happened? They hired him, and they haven't been. They've been bad, and mm-hmm. they've had good rosters. So I, I think the same, the same exact thing is going to happen. And again, with the Bulls, same thing. Why would I go to a shitty team with a shitty situation, where I can stay with the Bills and look really good, and then when another really good job opens up next year, I can hire for that? Mm-hmm. That's that's why I think he's not a head coach. Honestly speaking, I think that any team yeah, would have taken him. Yeah, I don't know. So. Um, so I guess the, the most, the, that's the most successful head coach. How about, uh, all right, which coaches are on the hot seat? Current coaches are on the hot seat. And I'm Current still going to say David Coley too. <laughs> so Matt Nagy is definitely up there. Ooh, I don't agree with that. You don't agree with that? No, no, I don't. That man is dead. That man is definitely on the hot seat. No, I think. If I he think, does not perform well this year, I think he's the, gone. I think the Justin Fields pick. Gave him another two years of longevity. I think it may have done that for the GM. I don't think it fell for the coach. I think it did for if the Justin coach. If Justin Fields does not come out and look great, the coach is gone. I don't think so. I think they're going to give him a shot with him. Because this is his guy. Mitch Trubisky wasn't Nagy's guy. This is his guy. They're going to give him at least... You can't just... You can't do what they did to Alex Smith and every year have a new coach. they got to keep consistency there for a little bit. There's things you can't do, but there are things people do do. <laughs> do do. Um... Another coach, I think Mike Zimmer. Okay. I think he's he's had a very – he's had a good team for a while now. 
and it's just so inconsistent. They're you, good on odd years. Yeah, like you can't have that. You got to be good every year. Yeah, uh, and plus he's been there seven years, Mike Zimmer. He's been there seven years, and they got to an NFC Championship game under him. Yeah, but that was that was a while ago. Still got there. Not a lot of coaches can say they did that. Yeah, but what have you done for me lately? That's, That's what this true. league is all about. What have you done for me lately? And they're another team too that I'm not cons- I'm not sold on their quarterback. Like I feel like if they had a decent quarterback too, I really don't feel like they'd be in a bad situation. Yeah, I don't know. But who who do you think? Those would be my two. I think I think I think Cliff Kingsbury is definitely on the hot seat. I think that yeah, he made the team a little bit better last year, but they gave the Cardinals got so much this year. They have AJ Green. They have JJ Watt. They're getting Ch- Chandler Jones back. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're getting. They have so much. If they don't win the division or make the playoffs, he I don't, has see, to be gone. Yeah, I don't know that they're gonna win the division because they're in the division with the Rams. They're in a division with the Niners. I don't think they're gonna win the division anyway. But they should absolutely make the playoffs. And if they don't make the playoffs, then they shouldn't be. They should. They should get rid of Kingsbury. I never thought Kingsbury was a good coach. I've had people tell me that Kingsbury has improved that team, which fine he did, but like I don't know if it was real. I don't know if it was Kingsbury or if it was uh, Hopkins last year that really made them better. Um, I don't know. There's just something about Kingsbury that I don't like. He just doesn't. I just think he's one of those young head coaches that the you know because everyone's on that young coach wave now. Yeah, yeah. Of you know the Sean McVay thing works, so now everyone's like we got to get the next young guy, and I don't think he is. I think he's on the hot seat. Um, a lot of people have been saying Mike McCarthy is, but I don't think he is. Not yet, because he's only entering year two, so it's it's tough but, to... But Jerry Jones is also known for being patient with bad coaches. Oh, yeah. I don't look know at, why. Look at Jason Garrett. I mean, that guy was there forever. I don't know why, but yeah, but then a guy like Jimmy Johnson's there for four years. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. So, I... Nagy, I really don't think Nagy is. I think they're going to give him another two years. I think they're going to give him this year. I think it really depends on the success of Justin Fields. I think next year he'll be on the hot seat if Justin Fields doesn't perform well. Um, Zimmer, I can see Zimmer too. I mean, David Culley is obviously... David Culley's <laughs> always going to be on the hot seat because David Culley wasn't the guy they wanted. Yeah. Um, Mike Zimmer. Yeah, I can see Mike Zimmer being on the hot seat, but I just don't think there's a lot of coaches out there that are going to be better than Zimmer. Their defense is always good. Yeah, I mean, they're good every other year, but like, I don't know. If they had a quarterback, I think they would be a lot more consistent. And the other guy, I think, is Zach Taylor from the Bengals. I mean, they have to take a step up at some point. Yeah. But the Bengals are also it, known for... It's it's tough, too, because they're in a situation where they have a young quarterback who just got hurt. So it's kind of hard to identify how good your head coach is when your team, when your guy is hurt. Yeah, but you know what? If the Bengals AJ are, Green never played for them. Joe Mixon was hurt a bunch of last year, if not all of it. Historically, the Cincinnati Bengals are just bad. So, like, yeah. I think I think if a guy like Enemy wants to go there or a guy like DeBole wants to go there, I think that they are better coaches than Zach Taylor off the rip. I think they're just better coaches. Mm-hmm. And then the one other guy that I think is on the hot seat is I don't think it's Gruden. I think everyone's saying it's Gruden. It's not Gruden. They can't. They owe him so much. money. They owe him too much tenure, money. Yeah. Ten year contract. There's no way they can get rid of him. I think Vic Vangio is. I, I was thinking about it. I'm not sure. I think I, Vangio is. I I think I think more Elway than Vangio. But I mean, Vangio's got to be on the hot seat too. I mean, they're not getting any better. They're not. They're they're consistently staying. A- Five win team. That's what I mean. Like, like, and it's 
yeah, I mean, you could at some point you can only blame so much on the quarterback and this and that, but your coaching staff has got to get them to work. I mean, a good coach will get them there. Look what Pittsburgh is in. With Duck, with Dynasty, whatever that kid's name was. Duck Hodges, yeah. yeah. They were 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, at that point, it's got to be coaching. They have good, good young receivers. They have running backs. They have an offensive line. They have corners. They have pass rushers. Yeah. Like, they have a, they have the talent to be a 500 team. Mm-hmm. So, Vangio, I think, is definitely on the hot seat. I don't even think he should have been hired there. But on that note, here's our news with Anthony. Go ahead. Yep. So, in baseball news, we have – couple of teams at the top of the league. We have the Boston Red Sox who rehired their suspended manager and are now a top team in the American League because, of course, um, the Tampa Bay Rays who won the American League last year are back up right at the top, tied with the Red Sox. And then, um, surprisingly, we have the Chicago White Sox as the best team, the hottest team in baseball. I mean... Aside from their series sweep of the Yan- at the Yankees' hands, uh, they were the hottest team coming into the weekend. Um, and then in other news, you know, you have your typical, typical terrible teams. You know, Arizona, Colorado, Pittsburgh. Um, but surprisingly, the worst team in the league right now is the Minnesota Twins, a team who was supposed to be a division winner, a team who was supposed to take that next jump, a team who was just finally supposed to get over that first round hump of the playoffs, and now they are looking like the worst team in the league. Still early, anything can happen, but does not look good for them at all. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a big baseball guy. I mean, I'm I know we're doing a sports podcast, so I should be a lot more in tune with sports, but or with all sports. But baseball just really was never really my thing. Uh, kind of a boring sport in my opinion, but I understand why people like it. Um, but yeah, that is kind of surprising that the White Sox are up there because the White Sox have been dog shit for quite I mean, some time. They spent, they spent so much money in free agency two years ago, they kind of didn't have a choice. You got to be good to spend that much money. How about how about the Padres? How are they doing? Uh, the Padres are pretty good. They um, they might still be third in the division because the, the Giants, for some reason, are surging this year. Uh-huh. Um, the Dodgers are still the Dodgers. They were slumping a bit, but they're still the team to beat or one of them. Um, so yeah, it looks like three teams out of that division will go to the playoffs this year in the Dodgers, Giants, and Padres. Very nice. And the M- how about MMA updates and stuff that happened this weekend? There wasn't that much, so I don't want to really... Yeah. Usually on this show, we will start to get into MMA stuff because Anthony's a lot more educated in MMA than I am, but I'm also learning it as I go along. Yeah, it's and, a very uh, it's a very fun sport to watch. Um, we we mostly watch the UFC, although there are a whole bunch of other programs and stuff. We we tend to stay in the UFC. UFC, aspect. yeah, MMA, UFC is what we're going to start getting involved with. So uh, when we do post this, please give us a comment or uh, what you think if we should cover MMA. If there's a lot of MMA fans that we have, so. But with that being said, go ahead with the weekend news. Yeah, so just a couple of winners from over over the weekend. Uh, Bruno Silva won. Uh, ben Rothwell was able to submit Chris Barnett. Uh, Jack Hermanson was able to beat Edmund Shabazian. Surprised they said that name right. Um, Carla es- Esperarza was able to win the co-main event. And then the main event was essentially Rob Font just absolutely destroying Cody Garbrandt. Like, it was not close at all. 
And so that was was the seating close, or was it like one of those? So Rob Font is number three in bantamweight, and um, and Cody Garbrandt is number four. Is that so, where my guy fights, my 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 boy? Yes, I'm I'm pretty confident that's where Sean O'Malley fights. My boy Sugar Sean O'Malley, everyone. That's the new that's the new hot commodity of the UFC is going to be Sugar Sean O'Malley. Well, that division is a little all over the place outside of the top three, so. He'll have a chance, that's for sure. It's for the taking. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, Sean O'Malley is next expected to fight on UFC 264. That is the trilogy between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Very nice. He is expected to be the opening fight of the main card. So he's on the main card now? Yes. So Alleged, who- As of right now, as everything looks, yes. Do we have an opponent? We do. I do not have it on me at the moment. It's... An experienced guy, nothing, you know, no, no one great, but he's got a lot of fights under his belt, so be a good test for Sean. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. He's my favorite fighter right now, as I've made it very clear. He is my favorite fighter right now, and I uh, really hope to see him do well. But yeah, I mean, we'll definitely have more UFC stuff as we go along and as we yeah, start to learn a little, the sport. little unfortunate they they don't have an event this Saturday. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, we just started this podcast at the wrong time with <laughs> UFC, at least. Yeah, um, after... Um, that last pay-per-view, 262, I mean, that was a fun one with uh, Charles Oliveira winning the light lightweight division belt over uh, Michael Chandler. Yeah, that is a good one. That's always a good one. Yeah. So, all right, perfect. And, uh, yeah, that's Anthony with, some, what's the, with the weekend updates. Yep. Thank you, Ant. No problem. <laughs> and then uh, we have – now let's get to our quick betting. Uh, I know because some of the people that we watch or, or some of the people that watch us or listen to us – uh, might be betters or might be people who like to bet. So we're just going to go over kind of our thoughts of the spreads of the basketball games. And we're kind of going to see, you know, if we like the spread, take the spread, take a straight out win, what we like. And uh, just so we're all clear, <clears throat> we are not financial advisors. We are not telling you to put your money into these things. These are our opinions and our opinions only. Whether you choose to follow is is your idea and your thoughts. And, uh, and yeah, so... With that being said. Yeah. So the only thing I'm going to say before we start is everything we're going off of is DraftKings. DraftKings. Yes. These these bets and odds and everything are presented by DraftKings app. Yes. So tonight the NBA has two games. They have the Miami Heat versus the Milwaukee Bucks and the Portland Trailblazers versus the Denver Nuggets. So So one at a time. What's the odds for the Bucks Heat? So the odds for the Bucks Heat, um, five points for the spread. Five points for the spread. Um, the total points would be two hundred and twenty-three point five. Okay. And then um, the Miami Heat are plus one seventy-five underdogs tonight. The Miami Heat are the underdogs. Yes. I would one hundred percent take those points without a doubt. The, take those points. The two twenty-three or the no the the spread. I'm sorry, the spread, not the points. The spread the five I would the five points. Yeah. One hundred percent take the five point spread. Um, I would even take the points too. I think I would take the points as well. 123? Mm-hmm. I, I or would, 223. I would take those points. Yeah. I would take those points. And the Miami Heat being under the underdog, I would probably take all across the board on that one. I think Miami's going to win tonight. I think that they're going to win by by five or less. And actually, no, maybe the points I don't know about. Yeah. No. I do, I do like Miami. It goes to overtime, definitely. I think, okay, so I think take the spread – Take the team. Take the spread and take the team tonight. 
Those right. are, I think, and you could parlay them. So I would take the spread, take the team, and I would even put in the parlay our next game that we have. Good. So our uh, next game is the Portland Trailblazers and the Denver Nuggets. That spread is only two points. Oof. Um, what was the score of the last game? The Blazers won by like 15. Okay. Um, the total points for that is 227. And the Portland Trail Blazers are the underdog in Denver tonight. Portland Trails Blazers? Are the, what's the spread again? Two points. Is somebody coming back for Denver that they're the... Nope, they're just coming back angry, I guess. In their home, in their home uh, court, they were in, they were in Portland. No, they, they're they're in Denver. Both the games. I I don't know if I would take the points there. I don't think two points will be the spread. Yeah, I don't think so. I either. think I think it'll be about a. I think if you can upgrade that spread a little bit, maybe modi- maybe modify it to a ten point spread. I think that would be a lot better. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe in those straight out points either. I would take the Blazers a straight out win if they're the underdog. Yeah, I would take the Blazers to. Because I just the thing is, is I don't I don't know like what Denver's gonna do with just Jokic. I mean, yeah, they're the number three seed, but like the Blazers are healthy. Blazers are coming in hot, and they're coming yeah, and they're coming in hot, and I think they can take out the first round of. I think I would and, take. And unfortunately, the uh, the the Nuggets fans are kind of kind of doing the similar things to the Knicks fans, where they got Carmelo Anthony all riled up, and then he decided to have a day. Against them, yeah, I don't know. I would, I would probably, I would take the point. I would take the Blazers straight out. The points I wouldn't take, and the spread I wouldn't take. But I would take the Blazers straight up. I would take the Blazers straight up. I think they're gonna win. I think, I think the, and I'm pretty sure the Nuggets are historically better on the road this year. They've been better on the road than they've been at home. Yeah, not entirely sure. I, I like, I like. Give me, give me Portland. I would parlay. So if I would parlay, my parlay would be. Out of those two games, I would take the Heat to win. Mm-hmm. I would take the Nuggets to win. I would take both of those. Not the Nuggets, the Blazers. So the Heat, the Blazers to win. I would take the the spread on the Bucks and Heat, and that's it. That would be my parlay of those three. All right. Now, if you had to guess for either <laughs> game, whichever one you want, who makes the first bucket? Who makes the first bucket? Who gets the first points of the game? I think... For the Heat Bucks, I think it will be Drew Holiday. Okay. And I think for the Denver Blazers game, I think it'll be CJ McCollum. Okay. And did you want to do Tuesdays? Yeah, we could do Tuesday. Yeah, may as well. Might as well. All right, so game one on Tuesday is the Boston Celtics at Brooklyn. The biggest underdog of this whole playoff series is the Celtics per game and total. So the spread is... Are they in Brooklyn? They are in Brooklyn. The spread is nine and a half points. The total points is 227 and a half. And like I said, the Celtics are big underdogs. I would take the spread. You will take the I'll spread, take the spread. Of nine nine and a half. I'll take that spread. Alrighty. That spread I'll take. Game Nothing number two. Take. Game number two is the Lakers in Phoenix. The spread is two points. The total points is two oh eight and a half. And the Suns are the underdog. 
The Suns are the underdog. The Suns are indeed the underdog. I will. What's the spread? The spread is two points. What's the combined points? 208 and a half. I'll take that. I'll take the combined points because I think that'll be a score fest. It's going to have to be. The Lakers are so you're taking win. the over on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the Lakers are going to have to score mm-hmm. to win. They're, and, and the Suns are going to have to score to keep up. And they have, and they both have really lethal scores. So yeah. I think I think th- that's perfect. The the two points, I don't think so. I think it'll be by five or more. Okay. I, I don't think I think and I and I would take, I'll take the Lakers to win, but they're not the underdog. So if I had a parlay for the for the Tuesday games, oh, there's another one. Oh, there is. Go ahead. Yep, it's the other LA team, Dallas in LA for the Clippers. Who's the underdog? The underdog is the Mavericks. Okay. The spread is six points, uh-huh. and the total points is two hundred and sixteen. Two hundred and sixteen. I'll take the spread on that one. I like the spread on that. Mm-hmm. I think the Mavericks will give them a run for their money. I think the Clippers will win that game. And because if they're I not, think they have to. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the both LA teams. They're if they don't win, they're in trouble. Yeah. Um, Especially the Clippers, though, getting swept at home the first two games. Yeah, can't they do can't it. with just Luca. They can't. They can't. can't do it. No way. Um, I think. Okay, so with the first game, it was Heat. It was Heat Bucks, right? On Monday. Uh, On so, Tuesday, the first game was Celtics Nets. Okay, so that was I took the points. So if we're gonna parlay, take the points. Take the Lakers win, even though they're not the underdog. Take the Lakers win, the points, the the Nets spread, and then the combined points for the Lakers as well. Mm-hmm. And then the what was the last game? Mavericks Clippers. I would take the I would take the Clippers to win straight out, and I would take the spread. If that was if that was my parlay, that's all what I would take. Mm-hmm. I think those are just the best odds, and I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I know that you do. This is also another tactic that people can do that people really don't. It's what you do, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see obvious comeback situations, so uh, explain what you yeah, what so you do. Yeah, so DraftKings um, updates live. Everything is uh, – the numbers are constantly changing. So if you know, for instance, like game one, you kind of figured the Nets were going to win, right? But obviously they were the heavy favorite. So if you waited until the Celtics went up by – I think they were up 15 points or something like that. At that point in time, the Nets became the underdogs. Mm-hmm. So you can bet on them. They come back and win, and you get more money on a choice that you already knew was going to happen. So you can actually bet live during the game for either you know spread points or just outright. Wait for the game to start, see what happens, and then do your bets, and you can do it that way. Yeah, no, that's a great way to do it. I mean, there's ways – that I think before the game are going to be obvious, and then you can make another par. Even you can even make another parlay in the middle of the game. Yeah. And if you think, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, you could still do that too. Yep. So a lot, yeah. of, a lot of options on DraftKings. There is a lot of options on DraftKings. Sponsor us, please. This <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of options on DraftKings, but uh, but yeah, no, that's great information. And uh, yeah, those those are your bets for Mondays and Tuesdays, um, or Monday and Tuesday. Those are I think are the best. And um, yeah, I mean. I think with those bets, we should probably wrap it up, right? Yeah, that sounds good to me. We should probably wrap it up. So, uh, you know, thank you for being back, and I hope um, yeah, for anyone who listened to us for this long, thank you. Yeah, for anyone who's listened, who has been a fan, and they're coming back, and you're coming back to listen, I hope it was interesting. You know, please comment us or find us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll, we'll have our, our stuff nailed down. 
in the comments. And just give us a message saying, hey, I like this, but I think this can change. And give us some feedback because we'd really enjoy it. But on at this time, I think we're done. And thank you for joining First Battle. My name is Vinny. And I'm Anthony. And uh, we'll see you. This will be posted on Tuesday. We will see you guys on Friday.